All right, we can go. Welcome to the Poor Rikes. We are the Poor Rikes because we're poor. <laughs> She's trying. Poor. You shouldn't do the. Oh, yeah. Poor. All right. Um, so I think maybe part of that is that she might be a little tired. Are you a little tired? No. Okay, because we just got done with a two-hour conversation. Mm -hmm. We just recorded. It was um, much longer than we were expecting, and I was telling her how <laughs> in the past few episodes, our first episode was like, I think, an hour almost? Like, pretty close to an hour. Yeah. And then every single episode since has only gotten longer, and our last one was literally two hours. And yeah. Just, and I didn't... I, I was... I was checking out like the time on our recording here and i was like i i just our conversation it flowed I mean, we did change a couple of topics and it was, it was a little bit of awkwardness but it just flowed so much and i did not want to interrupt and stop it and that's why i just let it go on i was like you know what screw it man we got a two-hour episodes then so be <laughs> <laughs> i mean if people aren't listening to an hour-long episode then they probably aren't going to listen to the two-hour one either but does it make that much of a difference yeah i mean hopefully <laughs> if it's interesting enough you, you know you pause it and then continue and whatever kind of a thing yeah so anyways um this episode um what did you you can you can let them know what we're going to talk about okay. for to start so i wanted to update so okay so previously on the poor rikes <laughs> uh <laughs> on the third episode or what previously not maybe not the, the, the episode, episode just before this yeah. one but just previously on another episode <laughs> uh so i talked about how i was a bad friend mm -hmm. uh mm -hmm. and specifically about robin because her aunt had just died of covid and i hadn't reached out to her yet no i think that would be the fourth one yeah so um, bacon one yeah. i believe that was the bacon episode which is really funny because robin has a really good friend whose last name is bacon and she just calls her bacon <laughs> okay i'm not trying to interrupt i just <laughs> go ahead just relating it back uh so i uh so that very night um i went back to my room after you and i had done uh done talking and i picked up my phone to text her i'm sorry about your aunt jenny and then uh she had called like i had a missed call from her hmm. from two hours before oh wow so, same night we were talking the about same night her. we were talking about it and crystal was feeling really guilty for not reaching out to her yeah because she just mentally was not in a place where you could be there for her okay sometimes you just can't be a good friend <laughs> so <laughs> so uh you know like me never a good friend yeah so i called her back and she was awake it was like 10 o'clock or something we ended up talking for i think over an hour um which is another reason why i don't reach out more is because it I have a tendency to talk for longer than i'm comfortable mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. i do talk to people mm -hmm. and i know that i'm i don't have the like I can't, I can't just be like, all right, I'm tired now. You could. I, yeah. You choose not to I don't, because you feel bad about it. Yes. But She's also, a dork ass. That's also, what... <laughs> like, while I'm talking to people, I'm usually pretty jazzed up. Mm. And then I just get really tired later. So, yeah. like, yesterday, I basically slept all day and all night. <laughs> I didn't mean to, but I did. <laughs> and then I took a nap this morning. So, <laughs> I was awake for, like, two hours and I was like, I need a nap. <laughs> so, I slept for four hours. Um. So, yeah. So, I, I talked to Robin um, so her aunt had died of COVID. So had her uncle, uh, not married or anything, just a different mm, part uncle of the family. from a different side of the family. And so had uh, the grandmother of her best friend. Three family members, or well, two family members and a close friend. Yeah. And this was somebody that Robin had grown up with and mm -hmm. probably called a grandma very at close. certain times. Yeah. Okay. So um, Three dead COVID yeah. family members, Three dead basically. Yeah, and her dad was in the, in the hospital for... 
um, something else and that her mom had gotten COVID but obviously didn't die. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, not a good week for her. Um, and that's another reason that I have a hard time reaching out. Sometimes. I was like, I, I don't know if I can have a tough conversation right now. So um, No, but... I, I remember I understood the second you explain it now. Hopefully you will catch that part in our fourth episode. But I remember when we spoke of it, I completely understand. And I'm sure... I'm sure other people understand too. Yeah. You know, well, you, she you... does. And that's okay. So I think part of what really messed me up in terms of like thinking about that is because, okay. So first of all, Robin's fine. She's uh, a, <laughs> she was really close to her aunt and she's pretty distraught about that. She was really close to um, her best friend's uh, grandma and then her uncle. She didn't like that much. So uh, she, so, you know, and then her dad was okay and her mom was okay. So it wasn't all completely bad. I don't want to just like change the subject and just be like, but she was fine. Uh, and she, she works in a prison. So she gets tested every single week. And then every morning she has, they have to take their temperature as they walk in. So she and all of the people she works with are being tested basically every day. Every single day. So every um, single working day. Yeah. And then the rest of the time she's at home. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yeah. Um, she said she hasn't had a hug since uh, just before Halloween. Wow. Yeah. Which uh, even then it was like kind of snuck because uh, it was her sister's kids and her sister's husband is very like, don't touch anybody. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so they had this, she had this sneak a hug before Halloween. And so that was like five months ago. Five months ago? No, three months ago. Been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. So yeah, so she's, uh, yeah, she's, she didn't live with anybody. So she's just kind of by herself all the time. But she's good solo. She has a hard time, like, living with people. Because even when I was there for three weeks, we were, like, both sick of each other after, like, the second week. So, um, uh, so. That's a fun story, by the way. I don't, I, we don't get into it right now. But she told me about the story where she spent time at her house for a short bit. And it's yeah. a great, it's, I, I loved hearing it anyways. I thought it was a fun story. So she's a good friend. She's somebody that, like, I can be as comfortable with her as I am by myself, which is not how I would feel about most people. Most people, I feel like I'm... Including her own brother. Shut up. <laughs> not true. Um, so, yeah. So most people, I feel like I'm constantly working on matching people's energy and that takes energy and then I get tired after I interact with people even if I really like them. It's really weird. I can... So there's a lot of things that you've been sharing with me and... Um... <clears throat> This we've we've talked about it a little bit before here, these brief little things. And every time something like that, you know, you talk about that the way you interact with people like that specifically, like you're trying to match their energy level, that's so weird to me. Yeah. It's so weird. <laughs> I'm just like so there's a lot of it's it's interesting too. Like it's interesting. It's how my sister is. She's a it's these all these little small things is just like, What? Why are you like this? <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm broken. No, it's because you're different. <laughs> um, I don't, I wouldn't, specifically that, I wouldn't say broken. That's, it's just a different thing. Like this, there, that, that's part of one of my favorite things about our conversations is that we have a full understanding for the most, we fully understand each other and we can, but we're in, in so many ways, we are so different so different like it's crazy anyways i i'm it was just when when you say stuff like that i'm just like how are you like i, I because that's something i can't even relate to like i can't even relate to being that way you know yeah. so it's interesting it's just an interesting thing so i'm sorry i don't i didn't mean to 
interrupting, you know, whatever. And <laughs> it's just a trip. So I I'm guess. Sorry. Well, I mean, you're speaking for anybody who's listening who like also doesn't get it. They're just like, who? What? Well, they might match their energy. <laughs> maybe they do understand. Well, if that. they get it, then then they're like, I understand her, and I don't understand him. Yeah. Ex- <laughs> but then other people Jerry's are like, an idiot. What the hell? Other people are like, he's right and she's weird. <laughs> So we're we everybody's covered. No, but that's that's just what I love is because there are there are plenty of things we agree with and but we don't go out of our way to agree with the other. No. Well, we I don't I can't think of a single time we've ever I think gone the only out of our thing, way. Like our baseline is that we're both decent human beings. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's and that's what's a trip to me too because I even mentioned this in my gaming podcast recently, and it's because it's related to everything. I, I was like, one of the things that I was talking about the games, right? And I was like, uh, you know, most of my favorite games in my life, other people hated. <laughs> and so like this anthem. So it, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had a week of my anthem sister in this knows film. that one. Oh, it was this a saga. Is what, this is what's funny because. I mentioned that in my video, and the, the video was about um, blowing things out of proportion. Games with launch issues and stuff like that, uh-huh. right? And I, I specifically mentioned Anthem. I talked very little about it, but I did mention it. I was like, look, I don't want to talk about Anthem because I have talked so damn much about it already. And, you know, so I talked very briefly on it, right? Um, but it's funny. It's it, That's really funny because even my sister knows. Okay. She brought that up. I didn't know she was going to say that. That is freaking hilarious, man. My sister knows about Anthem. Okay. So that's a big damn deal. Okay. And anytime I see anybody shit on Anthem, I'm like, you're wrong. <laughs> my brother's. <laughs> She's on the germ bandwagon for Anthem. Okay. So why did we get into that? Because it's so funny. Um. Oh. Oh, what was it? There was something I was relating to. This is why these conversations to. take two hours, by yeah, the way. Yeah, <laughs> it was something I was relating to, though, in, in my podcast where I was related to what we were just talking about. Damn it. What was it before Anthem? Well, since I've forgotten, I really wish I could remember. <laughs> it was, I had a good point. I it's actually like had different really... people being able to relate or something. It's like some people relate to me, some people relate to you. God, I wish it, I, that's not it though. No, well, screw it. Whatever. We can get back to Robin. That's okay. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> Say talk to Robin. <laughs> she so I actually like was like concerned that I was just like she was like thank you for calling me back. You know I know how you are. <laughs> Did we? She's met me. I don't. So we 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 briefly touched. We just the reason we're talking about this. My sister wanted to talk about specifically with me is the updates. She spoke with Robin, her yeah. friend, who she we have a conversation in the previous episode. My sister felt really extremely guilty and bad for not reaching out to her. Yeah, to not let her know her, that. Her, but yeah, yeah. yeah Jen, we specifically we spoke about Robin. When something um, that bad happens, and I had met Jenny, and I I really liked her, and so and and she robin i knew how much robin loves her Mm -hmm. it's not like a distant aunt like that was her someone very close yeah i mean like it's funny and the reason that my sister specifically says that is because as we have also mentioned in our previous episodes is we're not close with our relatives (laughs) we never were she goes she goes so what's up with you after we had talked about her for a little bit and i was like well nobody's died oh wait grandma died I know. I, did they? And I was I, like, and then I, I was like, wait, that. was that last week? 
I for I forgot. Now, so our grandma had uh, Alzheimer's and stuff, right? And she had a stroke, and then she couldn't point. talk anymore. Yeah. And then, um, and she's then, been in a home for a while, unable to speak. Like five years. Yeah, unable to speak. Yeah. Which is horrible. Yeah, stuck in a wheelchair. But one thing I didn't yeah. ask, and I forgot, and I didn't think about it. Did they? I'm I'm just curious. Did they mark her death as COVID, or was it just? I have no like, idea. Okay, okay. I was wondering if you, if you had heard because you said you talked to our aunt. I did Myra. talk to I did talk to Myra, but we didn't talk about cause of death. I okay. assume it was either COVID or old age. I don't know. Or the whatever she was already in because yeah. she was already had issues. That's why she was there. And, yeah. Okay. So she couldn't like walk around. She couldn't talk. She couldn't like, you know. She and then also. She, like, I, there were times that I would go visit her that I thought she recognized me, and then there were other times that she would see me and she would look furious, which I think she thought I was mom, like, and she was younger, because she used to hate mom. Um, so, not hate, hate, but anger, oh, right? Hate, you know? Oh, really? Hate, okay. yeah. I don't know their, their personal relationship. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, th- I think there were times when she did hate mom, and then there were times that she loved yeah, her, of course, but yeah. she was very abusive. I mean, there were times I hated mom. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Hateable, so lovable, so hateable. Uh, so, um, anyway, so I told her about grandma and I was like, I mostly feel relieved for grandma. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I felt relieved for more mom. than sad for me. Like I yeah. grieved when she had the stroke and wasn't able to be herself anymore. Yeah, that's pretty horrible. Yeah. And especially having to remain alive and not be able to even yeah, engage trapped with in your own yeah. body. And yeah. like, I just, I, I think most of us would not want that to happen. Yeah. They're like put us out of our freaking misery. Like what the hell? Like, yeah. You shouldn't live beyond like being able to actually live, you know? Yeah. And there, but there are people who don't agree with that. They think yeah. every breath is a gift and all that. Oh, I don't believe people, that. Man. So <laughs> I disagree. Yeah. Like, there have been times well, in well, my life. We, we know like, look, man, if I was, uh, it's such a weird thing. Some, some people have been paralyzed for life. have actually lived a decent life. Oh Yeah. You know, and she I, seemed pretty happy like most of the time. It was hard, but you couldn't tell, tell though. Yeah, you know, because she couldn't well, truly. And tell I don't you. want her to live a life based on what my and assumption what of her happiness yeah. is. So maybe she yeah. was perfectly fine that whole five years. Maybe, but I do know that I got there, and I know if I ever get in that position, you fucking kill me. Yeah. Well, there was a time when I was visiting her like almost every day, and I went in, and when I saw her, usually she was either sleeping or she was fine, and um, she was crying, and I went over to the nearest station. Um, and, uh, it said she's crying and, and then, um, somebody asked me, does that happen a lot? And I was about to say no. And one of her nurses walks by and goes, yep. <laughs> I was like, oh crap. Wait, does what happen a lot? She, her crying, her just sitting in her chair and crying. Oh, I thought you were the one that was crying. No, no, no. I wasn't crying. Okay. I'm, I'm I don't not... know how I mixed that up. So yeah. grandma was just crying. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's so sad. Yeah. So anyway, um, so. <laughs> When I would see her, she usually seemed pretty happy. Yeah. I mean, in, or normal. Or, and sometimes angry. So when she, when I walked in once and, um, and she looked up to, at me and she just like glared at me. I was like, do you want me to leave? And she was like, and she nodded. And I was oh, like, yeah. I remember one time I, I wasn't, cause like I didn't visit her half as often as my sister did. My sister visited her for quite a while. Um, what in the hell are these things? Anyways. Um, I remember one time when I, when I, when I went to her to to visit and she looked at me, it was so hard to tell what that look was. Cause it was like a, I, I felt like she recognized me. But also didn't. (laughs) 
You might have thought you were Kenny. Oh, yeah. We, we look alike. Me, <laughs> Kenny, Robert. I noticed this about our... She, okay, you have brown eyes, so she might have thought you were Kenny, but with brown eyes, and was like, I thought his eyes were blue. <laughs> uh, it's funny, because, like, I I was looking... I don't remember when exactly, because I, I think it was, like, probably around the mom, around the time mom was dying, mm-hmm. when we actually spent more time with our relatives. Uh, and... I started to notice, I had never, it's funny because I'd never really noticed it before, but I started, I was just, I was looking at, I think it was Kenny, I was just looking at him, <clears throat> and because I was recognizing myself in him, and then I noticed it, I was like that big giant fucking forehead. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, son of a bitch, it's hereditary, you know, like I was like, Cause I, I hate my big giant ass damn forehead, man, it's huge, it's fucking enormous, it's it's a damn tower. It's a skyscraping forehead. <laughs> and then I noticed that it was it ran in the family. You know, I never noticed it before, though. And I think part of that was because when I was younger, I had fucking bangs. You know, I had really long ass hair in my yeah. face and stuff. Well, also so. your hairline has receded. Yeah. yeah. It started receding when you were like 18. Did? Yeah. What? No, because I, I had really long ass bangs and shit back then. You did, but like you're, yeah, you started okay. receding. After. Yeah. So anyways, I don't remember how I got it. It was just, um. Oh, because we were talking about, like, I couldn't tell if Grandma recognized me or not. Like, I, I felt like she did, but I also could not tell, like, what that look was exactly. Because it wasn't welcoming, but it wasn't, like, push away. Yeah. So I was like, what do I, like, <laughs> how do I respond to that, you know? <laughs> anyway, so what was the, um you, you brought up Grandma because of Robin. Yeah, so, oh, so, because initially I was just like... She asked me how my week was, and I was just like, well, three people I know didn't just die. So, <laughs> um, and then I realized that Grandma had just died, and I, I hadn't talked to her, like, in weeks, so I, I hadn't told her yet. Um, but I was just, just like, it's so weird to me, like, that somebody that, like, was my mom's mom could die, and I could, like, not feel, like, grief. Not deep. Like... No, I wasn't even sad. Yeah. Well, I mean... Well, here... Okay, now, we are different. We have this this different thing. But, I mean... There's that as well. that We didn't know our relatives very well. Even no. our grandma. Yeah. I loved grandma, though. The little... I remember, like... Just for the very few... The, the one person we spent the most time with in our, in our entire family was grandma. I would say Sarah. The, the most part, yeah. You mean when we were really Be- young? Because, and the only reason was Sarah was because we actually lived in the same complex. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as, as far as visits, though, like the only family member we ever actually visited was Grandma. Oh, that's right. We did used to go visit Grandma. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, no, I, 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 you know, I'm glad we had Sarah in the same complex because if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't have spent as much time with her. But mm-hmm. even then, we didn't, we never really got close. It's such a weird thing. It really is weird to me that that even though it's kind of like we talked about this before, the part of the reason we're doing this podcast is because we spent our entire life together, but we don't hang out together. Yeah. So there's a lot we don't know. So even when we lived in the same complex, same apartment building as one of our relatives, one of our aunts, aunts, if you pronounce it correctly, if you're <laughs> fancy and smancy and whatever. Uh, no, it's our horrible American English that we just say aunts, you know, um, but we lived in the same complex and we did spend more time with her because of it, but not like a personal time. It was just, ha- we just happened to be in the same area. Kind no, of she would come over and visit. Yeah. You yeah. were usually gone. Oh, okay. So, so, so you spent more time with her than yeah. I did? Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Um, well, I forget why I got into that, but anyways, um, 
Oh, I said I wasn't sad when Grandma died. Oh, and, and that just makes me think of because I there's for me a part of that is like you even said it too is there's kind of a relief that she's not in that position anymore. So but, yeah, but there's also there is a lack of connection. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah, well, and like I said, I I was sad when she had her stroke. Yeah, and I was sad that she had kind of lost the life that I would consider a life where you have some sort of autonomy over your life. Like, what is life without autonomy? I don't even know, you know. Autonomy is movement, right? Autonomy is, like, being able to choose. Like, she didn't choose her dinner. She didn't choose, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. like, to go to the bathroom by herself. Have, literally like she, everything was controlled yeah. by somebody else. She, she was basically a robot. She couldn't even express herself. Like, yeah. Stephen Hawking has that machine. And people are like, he's the smartest dude in the universe. Like, nobody's going to say that about <laughs> he Grandma. Because yeah. she can be just as smart, but nobody can hear her, yeah, you know? Okay. And the, the, the only reason I was, I was thinking about that, I don't... Man, it's, it's such a trip, because I really don't want to stick on this specific topic. But it does remind me of Mom. And we had a different reaction to that as well, sort of. Um, oh, I don't want to get too deep into that either right now. But I, mean, I, was, I felt a relief when, I did when too. she left. Felt... When her last breath... I'll never forget that last breath, man. Oh, sorry. Yay. I'm sorry. But I like. But for me, it's different. That last breath, literally for me, was a relief. Not the last breath for me was yeah. a relief. But... I, I know that was different. That's why I don't want to say it. Just, I, no, I know but her dying was a relief. Yeah. Like, at least in terms of... Because of the life the quality of life or lack of quality of life that she'd had for so long. And also because I had been taking care of her for so long, I was relieved because of that too. Mm. Um, but like just, Oh God, it was just such a horrible, uh, if you've ever watched somebody die, like they, they say that people die peacefully in their sleep, but she was <laughs> not asleep and she was not peaceful. And it, <laughs> This like I there wasn't a nightmarish. There's some. But it, it was pretty nightmarish. There maybe, was, well, yeah. There I, was no. some term for like the breathing that she was doing. This like dying breathing where mm -hmm. you like can't breathe, so you're just like gasping and groaning oh, for hours. Oh God. Um. Okay. So, and when you describe it like that, <laughs> so it's I, true though. It's true. It I is. used to have a joke where I'd say I wanted to get a tattoo of my mom's dying words. Oh my God. And, <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing. It's fucking horrible. But that as a tattoo, that's fucking hilarious. You know, it's funny. They actually, um, they I believe, if I remember right, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, but that, oh, what the hell's the damn movie? They want the rabbit, the bunny rabbit in the Knights of Need. You remember the Knights of Need? No. It was um, Monty Python something. Oh, that's probably Holy Grail. Monty Python, Holy Grail. There's a part where this guy is leaving a message on the wall or whatever, right? And he's dying. Uh-huh. And the last thing he writes is, ugh. <laughs> I can't remember exactly specifically. I just remember that part. I could be remembering it wrong, but that's what it is, basically, is so right? Funny. Yeah. It's because they're dying, so they literally write out, ugh. It could have it been people <coughs> reading that message. Mm -hmm. They might have been reading it, or the dude died and, and wrote it. while. But it, but it was funny, though, because that was the message. It was just like he was writing this message out, this little, like, thing. And then at the end, it was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, not so... Yeah. Um, so, Robert, you, you, the reason you, when we started this conversation, it was because you wanted to talk. You, you thought it was cool. You had updates for Robin. Yes. And, okay. So, are we done with Robin? No. Are you still, okay. All right. So, a couple things about Robin. So, okay. I, I, she was like, "Thank you for calling me back." Um, and because she knows that I struggle with like depression, anxiety, 
Um, and she does too, and that's why she understands it so much. Um, so I was like, because, okay, so I have this other friend, so uh, Madeline, who kind of stopped being friends with me because I couldn't constantly validate her existence. Or, in her words, I never texted her or called her. She always had to reach out to me. This is, so this is, the, you know, what's funny about that to me is um, there's a couple things. So when I, I remember when I first uh, heard about Madeline and all the different conversations, and I would briefly hear of her, and uh -huh. then I would speak to my sister about her. And because I would hear my sister, my sister was basically this person's psychiatrist. <laughs> Every single time I would, because I'd be walking from room to room, like right? I would go to the bathroom, I'd go to the kitchen, get some food, and then come back to my room. I, would, I wasn't like specifically trying to eavesdrop. I could just hear the conversations. And every time it was just like, literally my sister was this person's psychiatrist. And every impression I ever had was this person is a psycho bitch. <laughs> she used to call her. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, because... At the same time, I don't hate her. Uh -huh. I don't feel hate for her. It was just the way that I would hear you, you having to explain like the most, to me, the most basic, simple shit to somebody that needs some kind of like reinforcement that they're, they're correct. Or I, it was, I don't know how to put it, but it was just, I, every time I, I heard you talk to her, I was like, this person's a moron. Like, <laughs> um, and she's not, she was, no, yeah, no. She was very emotionally immature. She's gotten yeah, a lot better. Yeah. Um, but at the time, like, okay. So I, <laughs> we worked together and then she quit her job. We had hung out a couple of times and kind of mutually decided, nah. um, but then my mom died and she decided that she was going to be the person to save me from my sadness. <laughs> so she, she would call me every single day to see how I was doing. And then event so at a certain point mm -hmm. I, like i would scream at her for like 20 minutes about how much i hated god and she's a christian by the way um and so put it in her face and how mm -hmm. pissed i was and how life wasn't worth living and what the fuck is the point of being alive when the people you love aren't here and what's the point of loving people when they're just gonna fucking die right in front of you mm -hmm. um that kind of you know stuff that happens after somebody you love dies in front of you <laughs> Uh, how you feel about that? So, um, so uh, sh we would talk about that. Well, that was now that was your response, but mine was different. Yeah, yours was different. <laughs> um, but then, um, but then we'd always get around to why she was single. Um, really? Oh, every I don't know this part. Conversation. I remember the other part. I do not remember this part. She's like, well, why am I single? She's like, keep going on these dates and these guys don't love me. Like, they'll text me for a couple of days in a row, but then when they realize I won't sleep with them, then they're just, then they just dump me. And I'm just like, that's kind of messed up. But that wasn't why. Um, part, I mean, sometimes it was, but uh, that. It's her perspective. If you don't, yeah, it's funny. If you don't have a, if you don't have a like a connection with somebody, and you don't see a future with them, then you're not going to keep calling them. But also, the other thing about her was that she needed constant validation. Yeah, so yeah. if she want, if a, if a guy was going to be interested in her, what she needed was a text every morning, a text sometime during the day, and a text before bed. Check this out. Now that's funny though <clears throat> that you say that because. A long time ago, in a story that I hate to remember and think about, mm -hmm. I had an online relationship. Mm -hmm. And this was before it was normal. Uh -huh. This was when if you met somebody online, you were ridiculed like fucking yeah. crazy. If you talked to people. And I always thought it was weird back then when I was really into this person. Because I was like, 
we we've spoken for years this isn't like we didn't just meet for a few minutes and be like oh i love you yeah uh we <laughs> had known each other very intimately just through conversation you know whatever so um why did i bring that up it just maybe oh oh because i'll tell you why um i loved talking to her all the damn time mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, I, the funny part about this, I get that. Like some people are like super needy and stuff. And then other times it's you. you okay. You but know. you knew each other for years before oh, yeah. you decided you liked talking to her all the time. Well, it was just a natural thing. It, it was a progression. It yeah. didn't start with you talking every day. Yeah. 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 But that's kind of, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. kind of what she would demand. Like okay, from the beginning gotcha. of a relationship. Okay. Right. You, If you're interested <laughs> in me, then you need to want to talk to okay. me all the time. Okay. And, okay. That's what it just made me think of that. Because I was like, well, I really like talking to my girlfriend all the time. Yeah. But no, but it was a grown, yeah, many, a very long time of. Okay. Yeah. There's a progression. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a natural progression from <laughs> I don't know you. To I want you in We're my getting life getting to know each other. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, but like for her, it just was like, so in the one relationship where she did get engaged was this dude who did that and then dumped her because she wouldn't, she wouldn't, he had an argument with her brother and she wouldn't take his side. She wouldn't take, oh, yeah, well, it's not even not take his side. She wouldn't disown her brother because yeah. this guy had a fight with mm -hmm. her brother. So he dumped her. And then married somebody what else. What a like trip, a man. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyways, I'm sorry. I didn't, I, you, you know, you just reminded me of that. That's all. I was like, but I like talking to somebody I care about all the time. <laughs> yeah. But like, no, no, that takes a while sense. to decide yeah. that you care about them that much. Like, yeah. it just, anyway. But that she, was, that's, she's very she needy. She's constantly sense, expecting yeah. that. But like, we'd go from me talking about my dead mom and how life wasn't worth living to like, but why am I still single? <laughs> I was like, I just wanted to be like, bitch, because you can't fucking, like, empathize with somebody whose mother just died. Can't find a reason to live in. I'm now, supposed to tell you why you're single? She was one of, not, she was one of several or many people or whatever that her answer to you was, was just be happy. Well, be happy. In a sense. Yeah. She, she wanted me I to focus on what I had. Yeah. And, I, like, my response in a different, um... We spoke about this before. Different podcasts. Missing like, an arm and you missing know. an arm. It's still harder to hold shit, you know. Like, <laughs> like I appreciate my other arm, but I, that's still gone. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like sometimes you need two hands, mm -hmm. so, like to to do something. And this is a person who was insisting that, oh well, you know, just appreciate what you have. Yeah. Rather than understanding like, the loss. Basically, her her um her metaphor was, you have a house full of people that you love and who love you, right? I was like, and she's people. like, you keep spending all your time in the empty room. Yeah. And I was like, we literally it's two of us. <laughs> no, no, just emotionally. No, that's just so emotionally. funny though. <laughs> like house full of people. What? <laughs> yeah. That's like saying my bank's full of money. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I was trying to get her to understand that like when somebody moves out abruptly, then the pain of that loss well that they move out abruptly and you know you're never going to see them again the pain of that loss is going to take over your emotions more than your appreciation appreciation for the people who are there still mm -hmm. so yes i appreciate the people that i have but i've also lost Doesn't take this, away the pain that's literally right now i still have this huge void in the middle yeah. of my fucking house like it i mean a, you know all pain usually goes away with time it doesn't mean it disappears forever yeah but you can... i wouldn't even say that i would say that yeah we I, learn to cope with it i word things badly i know well no no you're not, <laughs> you're not bad at, that's just how other people describe it and i've never agreed with it like i hurt just as bad as the day she died I when i 
stop and like it's just a certain moment hits me but most of the time i have those feelings nice and neatly packed um, away <laughs> no that reminds me and i've me. learned to i've learned to stay away from that room in my house basically well the reason i say but I, when i go near that room i still rem am reminded mm. of how much pain that is and when i walk into that room it still hurts as much okay so the and we are different in that way we are and i and i, I remember i i had a conversation it was a tough conversation and it's still Ah, uh, right. So we're going in a way that's a little. Hopefully, we'll have to pull it back a little bit. Yeah. If, if, whatever. We'll see what happens. But um, there was it was a while back where so our different reactions to our mom dying were were different. And and the reason I for me personally the reason I saw it different was because I had closure. I had multiple options of opportunities of closure that I took with our mom when she was in the hospital. I told her goodbye. Oh, and I was sure she was never going to die. I I told her, I gave her my goodbyes. I made sure she knew how much she meant to me. And I didn't want her to die. Mm -hmm. And I also wasn't expecting her to die. But I had never seen our mom like this. Not ever. Our mom, dude. She was dying mm -hmm. and would not let you know she was dying. She would not let me call 911 to get an to get an ambulance she would get her she would pretend everything's fine everything's normal and not just pretend not pretend but really truly act like nothing's wrong kind of, you know she would it's just you know she would oh so sometimes i'd be like how are you and she'd be like i'm in so much pain just get a gun and blow my head off <laughs> but at the same time she would get up and carry on and do yes. things that she always did yes yeah yes so i mean it wasn't until i saw her walking needing her she had a walker, walker because she had a bad hip and sometimes it would go out and she would use it when we would go to the grocery store and stuff but she wouldn't usually use it in home and when she started using it to get up to go to the bathroom i started to get worried you know what's messed up about that mm -hmm. see now and this is again these are different perspectives that we each had like <clears throat> when we were at the hospital i knew it was bad i didn't expect her to die so quickly mm -hmm. i just knew it was bad and I'll never forget. What a stupid thing because the reason that I made sure that I said goodbye to her, and I wasn't saying goodbye, you're dying right now. I was like just telling her I love you so much, you're the best mom ever, this kind of stuff. You know, I wanted to make sure she knew <clears throat> with all the problems we had and stuff. It was because of TV and movies. <laughs> just straight up. Like it was because of TV shows and movies that I wanted to make sure, even if she happened to make it through it. But it was like I said, I'd never seen her in this kind of like never. Not ever. Yeah. Um, and then the same thing when we were at home. <clears throat> God, that, that I'm not going there because that shit. <laughs> Anyways, um, and when we got home, I did the same thing one more time in between the morphine drips. One more time, I told her, you were the best mom ever. Um, so for me, I had double closure. <laughs> for um, me, it would have taken more than like that. Well, okay, partly because I just had no, there was no acknowledgement or acceptance in my mind or heart that she was actually mm -hmm. dying. In my mind, when the doctor said maybe six months, I heard at least six months yeah. so that we can find a cure, <laughs> some miracle drug, some miracle surgery. Oh, I, I was giving that the deadline you in know, my head, yeah. I was just like... Fuck that. Like, I, there was no way. You were like, she'll make it after six months. Well, no, here's why. Because she, I couldn't imagine my life without her. Yeah. And I knew that I couldn't survive or be happy ever again if I didn't have her in my life. 
so how do you imagine that somebody that important to you is going to die, right? Um, and at that point, like I told you, I've, I was so codependent that I couldn't really even separate my own personality from hers. I spent the first three years after, no, longer after she died, like just figuring out who I was without her. And that was always a trip. Now, here's, a, here's an interesting thing for listeners, <laughs> for me, is until that happened, until our mom's death, I had always thought of my sister as the most strongest individual person I had ever known. <laughs> and even I saw it. Even I saw the change immediately. Like, immediately, instantly. I saw that change right away. And I didn't know what the freaking hell it was. Because I didn't know it was that that thing. Well, that... she was so strong. She could be personality mm -hmm. for both of us. No, she was. She was and the amazing. thing, too, is I remember she visited at work once when I worked at Goodwill. And... Um, Sophia, I remember her like looking back and forth between us and she just looked kind of amused. And then after she left, after mom left, Sophia was like, that was interesting to see you interact with your mom. Because at work, I was very kind of take charge and like in control and like bossy. Mm, okay. <laughs> I was very bossy. Sophia would get so irritated with me <laughs> for like acting like I was her boss, but really it wasn't. I just knew what needed to be yeah, done. And yeah. I was like, taking okay, charge. So, yeah. So I'll do this, done. you yeah. do this, et cetera, yeah. kind of like whatever. Um, and so I was like that. And then as soon as mom came in, she was, she was the person in charge. But the difference was like, what she didn't see was like, mom was in charge until she wasn't. So sometimes she would just be like forgetful or mm -hmm. sad or whatever. And then I would be the parent. Oh, yeah. So we would trade places. Mm -hmm. Most of the time she was the parent. Sometimes I was the parent. And then the other reason that, um, that, like, I had seen her sick in bed before, couldn't get out of bed, because she had done it to herself. Because <laughs> one time she had a toothache that was so bad that she couldn't get out of bed, and she had waited so long to, about that. to go see the dentist. Well, because I was the one taking care of her. Yeah, yeah. So so she was in bed for days, and then she was, like, finally, like, call the dentist at midnight and get him to write a prescription for me, and I'll I go to a 24-hour pharmacy and get a prescription so that I'm not in so much pain. And then there was the other time when she had diabetes where she had a wound that abscessed because... What's she, abscess? It uh, become, turns into a flesh-eating bacteria. Hey. Yeah. So uh, she had neglected it so much that it had abscessed. When she got to the doctor, finally, she her blood sugar was like close to 400, I think, which, yeah. So, um, so she should have been dead. Um, and that was when she found out she had diabetes. Yeah. Okay. I, rem I partially remember that. Like, I do remember that. But before that, mm -hmm. she had been in bed for weeks mm -hmm. because she couldn't get up because she had, like, a fever and was sick and kept filling up her, like, just bandages and bandages of pus and, you know. Yeah. See, now, this is stuff I didn't know because my sister was the one taking care of my horses. <laughs> Jeez, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, and here's the thing. Like, she never wanted help with that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So she was taking care of it herself, but that was a full-time job at that point, was getting out of bed to clean up her pus and then going back to bed. So you, you, I mean, this is, we talked a little bit about, I think we talked a little bit about this before, you having a closer relationship with our mom. You just had more time with her, in, in a sense. I did. I had yeah. a ton more time with her because I was agoraphobic for 10 years. and But I chose to, I'm, I'm, I am I'm. mean, I, st I, I still feel this way. I mean, it's not on purpose. I am a selfish person. You're not a selfish person. Self-involved. We all are. Uh, anyways, so 
You're not was, special, Jeremy. We're in a different situation. <laughs> oh my, you idiot! What a, what a, you jerk off! I am too. I'm a unique snowflake. You stupid jerk! I'm especially selfish. <laughs> yeah, I'm more selfish than anybody else on the planet. How dare you? <laughs> no. Uh, so, anyways, you had mentioned it um, a few minutes again ago. Uh, the one now, it's interesting because to me, I had when we were in the hospital. This is why I was saying it was I had never seen her like that before. Even even in the hospital, she was her normal self. Dude, okay. You know? So she had been a bitch for like two years. And then she got to the hospital. They put her on morphine and she became herself again. And I walked into the hospital room and she looked up and smiled at me and greeted me. And I was like, I haven't seen this person in two years. And it wasn't because she was high on morphine. It was because, it was because the morphine had taken her pain down yeah, to zero. Yeah. No, not to zero. But... Well, so... Zero, like zero, and then like when the morphine would wear off, she'd need more morphine because yeah. like he'd start to get antsy. But basically, it he relieved was like, her pain. It was the first time that she had ever not been in pain for years, and mm. not just two years, yeah. but like years. Many, at least had, twenty. She had migraine least, issues. Yeah. She had back issues. She always had some but, sort of. But pain. as not now, now so since my sister was there to take care of her often, um, and I wasn't aware how often, but. For me, in my perspective, I had never known my mom to be weak or, and I would, I would, I could always recognize the time she would complain about pains and stuff, mm -hmm. right? You know, she would mention stuff. She would complain about certain pains and all that. But even when she would complain about the pain, she'd act like nothing was wrong. So she would continue moving, continue doing all the normal things she would continue doing while complaining about that pain. Yeah. So for me, it was just like... I guess she's just in pain and she's fine. <laughs> <laughs> she's in pain, but she's fine. Yeah, it's just well, because we all have pain. We all like work through yeah, headaches, and yes. we all like yeah. sprain our ankles or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so that's why when we were in the hospital, it was so different for me, and that's why when we were at home, it was so different for me. So you had said it, you had said you had noticed it when she was using the walker and the cane and stuff, and I had seen that too. But for me, it was different because even when she was using the walker. <clears throat> I saw it as just her using what she needed to use and she was fine. And it, it's so stupid to me that every time I think back to that, I'm like, I'm such an idiot. I remember even when it first, when she first died, I was like, there were so many signs that were there that I did not recognize because I'm a stupid idiot. No, it's not because you, <laughs> it's because you're not a doctor, Jeremy. No, well, no. So, but you did know you, you said it, you noticed the Walker thing. Um, well, that was only, and that was very obvious. I mean, she used it a lot. Yeah, but only, and I think at that point you were home it was, more than I was because I was, was going to school and working. It was her mannerism. It was her attitude. So even though she was using these things to help her, she still acted like the strongest woman I had ever known. I <laughs> I think, uh, I don't even know how long she had been using the walker. It wasn't until like maybe a week and a half before she finally let us take her to the hospital mm. that I was talking to her healthcare providers who were supposed to do home visits, but didn't because she didn't have the right insurance. Mm -hmm. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I was like, she needs a doctor. And they're like, well, just take her to the emergency room. And I was like, we don't have a car. And she, they were like, just call an ambulance. And I was just like, who's paying for this shit, people? <laughs> nobody. Well, here's the thing is she was so persistent in getting on this program, even though she didn't have... She needed Medi-Cal and Medicare. She didn't qualify for Medicare yet because she was like a year away. But she had called them so many times that she persuaded them to let her into this program. 
But when she was on it, they wouldn't do what they needed to do to because she didn't qualify, basically. Oh, God. So they basically were like, okay, sure, but you don't get any benefits. Well, they didn't tell her that, but <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what happened. Yeah. So it was her stubbornness that got her on there, but then she couldn't get a fucking doctor. And the that's whole medical in America, people. But the Health whole, insurance, thank you. The whole reason that she wanted to get on it was because there were doctor visits. Like, they would come to your house, and she, her agoraphobia was so bad that she didn't want to leave the house anymore, even to go to the doctor. Uh, so, um, so... So we're trying to get a doctor there, and I'm just like, I'm describing to the lady over the phone, she has to use her walker to get to the bathroom to go to the bathroom. And, like, to me, that was when it hit me, when I said it out loud. Because I had noticed it, like, vaguely, but I didn't register until I said the words. And that's what sucks, because that's what I'm saying. The difference between me and you is even I saw that, and I should have recognized it. But it's like I said, her attitude was God, I, don't I, I, ever, I should have recognized it i should have i don't know if she ever expressed to you how much she hated using that walker she yeah. hated it she but in such a normal way like ah, i hate this walker no you know, like, she hated it because she thought that <laughs> she she thought that it made her look weak I, I and she was afraid that somebody would come push her over because they saw that she had a walker oh my god and she, her therapist finally said to her did you realize that when people see somebody with a disability, they have more of an inclination to go over to and help, help them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and mom, it, that yeah. had never occurred to her. Wow. She was always afraid that somebody would see her with her cane because she was willing to go out with her cane and only on rare occasions with the walker. But she was like, she always thought She that, took so long to move from the cane to the walker. Yeah. She, she fought against it. Yeah. yeah. But she thought that, I remember that if she went out with a cane, that somebody would kick the cane out from mm-hmm. her and push mm-hmm. her over. So... And then when we got that wheelchair, like the mobile chair for her, she refused. She refused to test it out. She never used it. It was like a $400 wheelchair. She She got a really nice wheelchair. Even when they came and they had to do a test drive to make sure it worked before they would leave, you had to go out and test it. I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) And this was something else that she didn't qualify for, but she had spent so much time on the phone that she finally got it approved. And she even got, instead of whatever, like, uh, like joystick that they had to move the thing around. She had gotten the rollerball. She got a really fancy ass wheel. But she had gotten the rollerball. She had carpal tunnel, and so she had like not only talked herself into a four hundred dollar wheelchair with a rollerball, but then never used. <laughs> and we had it for like a year before she died. She just would yeah. not yeah. use it. She hated the idea of people seeing her. So, and this is <clears throat> that's what's such a trip. I still want to get off this topic, but since we're here, <laughs> you keep um, saying that, but then you keep talking about well, it. Well, it's um because th- th- these are this is a part of our many different perspectives. Like and this is this is why I love our chats because especially in topics like this where it sucks, you know. But it's kind of op- eye opening in a sense, um, because I never I I always knew I, I we talked about this before I, I in my mind I always knew you and mom were way closer than me and mom mm-hmm. um but I didn't realize like a lot of it was also the taking care of part mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much you were taking care of mom um because to me every time I saw her and, and including when she was to, you know in the pain and, and and when it got really bad uh she was always so strong and so I don't need help. Well, she had an indomitable spirit, I would say. Even though she was so 
She had so many so many mental illnesses that I can't even count them at this point. Meow, meow. She, all family does, apparently. She worked <laughs> through so much anxiety and so much trauma and so much... It was kind of like if you asked somebody to sludge through, like, waist-deep mud and shit wearing ball chains every single day just to get to a place where you can seem normal to other people um that was what she did every she single was day. incredibly strong and yeah. she was always trying to figure out how to be happier and how to be a better person and she often failed <laughs> but she was struggling with so much and the i think what helps me and like what's different for me versus her because i have a lot of the same issues or mm. emotional like anxieties and dysfunctions is that I have the internet and she didn't grow up with that. Like, seriously, <laughs> like if I have a question about my mental health, like mm. not only do I have the internet, but even before that, there was no conversations about mental health when she was young. Like there was no Oprah, there was no Donahue, there was no like Jerry Springer. There was mm. no, like, and here's the thing about Jerry Springer. I hate Jerry Springer. Right, yeah. And I don't th feel like he provides any kind of useful shit to America. But at the same time... This show is so ridiculous. At the same time, people who were on there were showcasing behaviors that you didn't see on TV before that. More more obvious, I guess? Or people it who was were, pretty crazy on like, that show. You watch that show, that show and you're like, these people are fucked up. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I thought I was yeah. only related to people like this. Like, I didn't know that, <laughs> that other people were related to people like this. <laughs> it was a crazy-ass show. It was bad, though. Like, that's why I didn't... It was just... It's bad, but... It wasn't... You know why it was bad? It was because it was exploitative. Well, it was exploitative, and then also it was fake. And so at a certain yeah. point, they yeah. just switched over to actors so they didn't get sued. Yeah. But even before that, like... It was full It was exploitative, exploitative. yeah. yeah. And... It was a show that people watched so that they could feel better than other people. And I always hated that about that show. Never wanted to watch a show just so I could feel better than about how bad you are. I forgot, and in mom's time, too, I, I, I think, just from stories I can remember, is um, <clears throat> a lot of people that just had small issues mm -hmm. mentally yeah. would be thrown in a loony bin. Oh, yeah. And electrocuted and shit. Immediately. Yeah. Like, just women, for thinking differently. Yeah, women. Just like, what the hell? If you're a woman and you read a book, fucking mental, yeah. mental, yeah. Uh, mental hospital for yeah. you. It's pretty crazy. That's insane, man. Yeah. And this is real. We're not, this isn't something we're making up and exaggerating about. Like, it's literal. Yeah. I mean, grandma had like several meltdowns and uh, left grandpa and went back to Italy. Like, wow. and she had no family to go to. Like, <laughs> I don't know what she was doing, but like, she, <laughs> She just, like, would have enough. And she'd be like, I'm out of here. But, like, so, but all the TV, all the media when mom was growing up was either you live a perfect, pristine, happy mm -hmm. life or you're a serial killer. Yeah. And you don't want to be a serial killer. <laughs> so the thing about Jerry Springer that I think maybe adds something to America is that for the first time in our, like, civilization people's fuck upness was visible fuck so you could look at somebody and go oh they look like what i feel like yeah as opposed and to act like what I feel as like. opposed to they look like what i should look like and feel like mm. so it wasn't aspirational it was more realistic and even though it was bad realistic or that the worst was, realistic was that the first time though because I... yeah i mean <clears throat> it started with with donahue and oprah and all those people but that was still only in the 80s Hmm. I'm only, I'm only, because for, I, I, for, I, for me, for this kind of stuff, when I saw that on Jerry Springer, um, I was not shocked by it. 
the way you talk about it is like it was so different and, and i wasn't shocked I, at that well, i just at all. don't think that you were aware that that was what the media was before that well no it became normal real no. fast oh i see i got you uh, be- because to me, <laughs> when I saw these people being that way on his show, mm-hmm. they were very normal to me. <laughs> yeah. I was not surprised at their behavior. So our sitcoms were slightly different from her sitcoms, okay, right? Okay. Their sitcom, her sitcom <clears throat> was Leave It to Beaver. Yeah. The wife yeah. stays at home. She wears pearls and has a beautiful apron. And her hair is always right. You never see her in a bathrobe, I don't think. <laughs> uh, her, uh, Ricky and Lucy sleep on separate beds, you know. I asked mom, because I didn't know. I was like, in the 50s, did they sleep in separate beds? Like, did grandma and grandpa sleep in separate beds? And mom was like, no. (laughs) They did that for TV. That seems like a sign of a bad relationship. Right? (laughs) So TV uh, gave us, gave her generation an impression of perfection that she couldn't, that they, she couldn't live up to. We had a a generation of media where, there were more relatable people. So mm. even without um, Jerry Springer, we had Roseanne. We had okay. Married with Children. Yeah. We had people showing negative relationships. Those two shows were like the best shows. Yeah. Man. Well, and there's a reason they were a hit because they were different. They were it was like real. Gilligan they violent. were real. Yeah. They were very real. Yeah. Even with the, the insanity that happened in those episodes, whatever. Specifically Married with Children. Married with Children was far crazier than Roseanne. Yeah. But they were both so real and true well, to the, life. And... I wouldn't even say true to life. I would say true to the worst aspects of humanity. I would right? say true to life. <laughs> <laughs> Fully me. That's where I'm. So that's where like, you know. I would say Roseanne was realistic. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to be a good person, but we're failing. Right. Yeah. Everybody's trying to make their lives better, but they're not necessarily making it all the time. Married with Children was about uh, reveling in our emotional filth as as a society this is one of my most favorite shows ever you know? Mar- <laughs> well, and i'm not i don't i'm not insulted by you saying okay that. I'm, I'm saying to me this is some true to life <laughs> well it's similar to it's sunny in philadelphia where yeah, they yeah i have an appreciation for that show and i but i still don't really want to watch it yeah you know because and that's just we have different preferences in the what we like to watch kind of a thing yeah and, and i want to watch something that's going to make me feel better yeah, <laughs> not yeah. worse so anyway so <laughs> So the point is that, like, even growing up, I had a more realistic um, vision of stuff, yeah. the fact that my life was fucked up. I had after-school specials, mm-hmm. so I'm like, oh, yep. I'm not the only one who was ever molested. Yeah. You know, I had... I forgot about those two. Oprah, so that I wasn't... I was like, <clears throat> oh, I'm not the only one who was ever molested. I had Jenny <laughs> Jones, so I was like, oh, I'm not the only one who was ever molested. You know, so I had, growing up, I had reflections of life as i lived it as opposed to what it was supposed to be mm. so um as well as what it's supposed yes, to be yes. right mm-hmm. because you still have like the cosby show that was so like, regular yeah or perf- perfect shows and even whatever. alf which their biggest problem was that they had an alien, <laughs> an alien yeah <laughs> that was awesome um so <laughs> so i think given the lack of like given the the artifice that mom was presented with as this is what you need to act like all the time Mm. she was a very very real person a very realistic person and she genuinely did try to get help and always be better but i think that she that that added to the weight of her problems was just that she didn't have those those kind of some kind of tools social tools until she got older and so she was already like fucked up. I've... A, we 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 said it a little bit as a part of times. 
times the times that we live in because, yeah. because back then again you, you know a woman reading a book well <laughs> electrocuted near, yeah know? lobotomy um so so yeah so just like my mental illness versus her mental illness mm -hmm. i'm able to cope with it better because i have people that i can look at who can who are like you're not the only one here's yeah. how you deal with that yeah. here are some tools you know um and at the very least i know i'm not alone that, i know i'm fucked so... up <clears throat> but i know i'm not the only fucked up and i'm not the the uh, this isn't the only way that people can be fucked up and i'm not the worst fucked up for that specifically it's funny because for that specifically what you were saying how um we have the tools and we which we do which mm -hmm. is which is cool and fine and all but for me, whenever I see these mentions of suicide hotline and all this stuff, and I'm like, what the fuck are they going to tell me that I haven't heard before? Oh my God, nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. They're so unhelpful. And that's not their fault. No, it's like they're trying. But I'm, every time I see it, I'm like, people act like this is a solution. And I'm like, but it's not. All, no. that, all that they provide is a voice in the to sit in the darkness with you mm -hmm. while you're... Which is fine. It's... Because part of the darkness is feeling like... You're the only person yeah. who's ever felt that way. Yeah. And when, even when you like, know better, even when you know better, but it's also feeling like, even if I express this to my family and friends, they're just going to be worried. I don't want to worry anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I just want, I just, just want to be, be emotionally That's honest for five yeah. fucking seconds, yeah. you know, which a lot of us, especially me, when I was at my most suicidal was about me trying to present an image of seeming okay when I wasn't. Well, now here's an interesting thing about that too, because me and my sister, each of us, have gone to each other, telling each other, I want to die. Mm -hmm. And it's not fucking easy. Yeah. Because not only is it hard to say to someone that you love so deeply, but you also know how much it sucks to hear it. I want to abandon you now. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't see it that way, but it's the pain. It's yeah. the pain that I hear. You hear the abandonment. I just hear the pain. <laughs> well, no, I just think if I was going to say that, no, it'd be like, yeah. that's no, what I'm it's, it's a difference in the way that we, uh, that's just a perception thing. Mm -hmm. It's a perception thing. Um, so we do have different perceptions on the same thing that we can totally relate to, you know. Uh, it's kind of like one of the one of the things I, I, I actually, even the same thing with our mom. Like we have two different reactions and two different perceptions of the death. Yeah. For different reasons. Well, we react differently when, yeah. when like, your your reaction to uh, me saying I want to kill myself is like, yep, me too. No. And my reaction to you saying you want to kill yourself is, well, if I have to live, you have to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> fucking bitch. <laughs> People, I, I would say this because, like, the argument against suicide is, like, you're selfish if you can't mm -hmm. kill yourself. Mm -hmm. And my argument is, why would you want me to live in this much pain? Who's the selfish fucking Oh, one? my gosh. That is so funny. Uh, but, but I mean, I do continue on. One of the reasons when it gets really dark that I do continue on is because it's not even like I'm trying to find a reason to live. It's just a pop into my head. And it's always, like, you and, like, other people I love. And I'm just like, I don't want to make them sad. Well, that makes me feel so much worse. Which is funny because uh, w one of the reasons that I want to kill myself a lot of times is because I feel like I'm just letting them down. I might as well not be alive. <laughs> See, and then there's that because we are so different when it comes <laughs> to our suicidal thoughts and um, 
because I, I hate to say this, but I do not think like that at all. <laughs> not even the tiniest bit, even close. I don't think, oh, if I kill myself, my poor sister. Fucking <laughs> better start thinking I, about it. I, I better be added to the list. I don't. You know what? You know what I think of huh. when when uh, when I think on my sister. I think my Rolodex of passwords is right here. For no. Me. <laughs> That is literally what I think of. That's I'm like, the first well, thing I'm gonna burn when well, you die. <laughs> if I were to kill myself, she'd at least be able to log into my accounts. So that's exactly what I think every time. You no, know it's so funny. <laughs> I probably wouldn't even think of that. Yeah, no, right. But it would be there though. You'd eventually come around to it if you had to clean my shit up or whatever. Um, I actually, it's funny because uh, it was like, oh, this was a few days back. Um, I've been banned from Twitter for a while for talking about food crackers. <laughs> Um, and one of the last tweets I remember seeing was this guy was like, I can't remember how he put it. I wish I could remember it because it was something about, oh, I, oh, I, I really wish I could remember because it, it was about like taking a drug that would just kill you, uh, a suicidal pill, mm-hmm. basically, you know, whatever. Um, but I, oh, oh, I really wish I could remember how he put it because, um, I was like, yeah, that would really help because then I wouldn't have to leave a bloody mess. <laughs> Um, you know, so that's why I'm trying to remember how I put it, because that's what I thought of. I was like, oh, a pill. <laughs> and then I, and then, you know, it was really funny because immediately after I responded to him about the bloody mess, I responded to him. I was like, yeah, it'd be so much easier. <laughs> and then I thought about it. And I was like, dude, people take sleeping pills all the fucking time and kill themselves or whatever on that shit. I'm like, dude, that's what I need to do. Just get myself some pills and OD on that yeah, shit. Melatonin is not going to do No. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I tried it. <laughs> Didn't do it. Oh my gosh, you crazy girl! Um, so this is what she says, and I have to react that way because <laughs> apparently she has made multiple attempts of suicide. Well, I wasn't failed. in that case. I wasn't. I knew that it wouldn't kill me. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see what would happen if I <laughs> yeah. ate an entire bottle because yeah. it was chewable. Oh my and gosh! I, uh, it is. That, the, some of them taste really good. All that <laughs> happened was I had a really solid eight hours, and then I was in a funk for three days. <laughs> That's it. Okay. So I don't want to get into that right now because, oh, my gosh, that's a whole nother level of darkness. OK, so back to Madeline. No, no. no. <laughs> We're uh, only backing up a little bit. I had no I had it was still the same thing. The the pills, the um. oh, the suicide pill. Yeah, but oh, screw it. I did have a thought because it was more funniness to me. But anyways, OK, we can get back to uh, I'm interested. What did you have anything specific about my own? Because I remember. We yes, were, we were OK, because we were talking about Robin. You had an update on Robin and then I Myra. switched to Madeline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Myra <laughs> might have to be a different conversation. OK, where are we now? Nearly an hour. Oh, my God. Oh, we're an we're over an hour. OK, uh, let's finish up with Madeline. Then we'll do Robin and we'll do Myra in another conversation. Well, we've done mo- a lot of Robin this one, too. <laughs> Mostly done with robin but we do have to get back to her okay, okay. so <laughs> so i was friends with madeline for like 10 years and it mm-hmm. was only like what like a month ago that she like texted me and was like seems like you don't not interested in being friends and this wasn't the first time we'd had this conversation but somehow i'd managed to save the relationship every other time <laughs> I'm every, this happened so many times oh yeah i now i don't know all the details or or i might need to be reminded of it but my sister has been through this with madeline so many times one time i just like ended the relationship this is myself. why i called her a psycho bitch not and then, one of many reasons <laughs> and then she called me and by the way not and a- i look I remember I kept telling you, why are you fucking friends with her? <laughs> and my sister would be, she's so awesome. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I would I'd be like, she's not that bad. Plus, then I didn't want to tell you what irritated me about her because then you just have extra ammunition. Yeah, yeah. But um, 
But she also came over and cleaned our entire kitchen. Yeah. She, brought... no, she 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 could be a very nice person. She yeah. I, I liked her. I didn't like I didn't. She's hate very her. generous. She was very weird. I would just <laughs> say the emotional immaturity of her constantly needing validation means that we're not good match in terms of mm. the kind of relationship we can yeah. have that will make us both happy. Because yeah. my my happiest is like assuming you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's our interaction. I assume you're fine. <laughs> my sister's a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding. Oh my so, god, she's the best. Um, because here, because there's, and I was telling Myra this the other night too. I was like, sometimes I don't want to answer your text or the phone because I just can't. Because you I'm, know, you would I'm have you depressed. would end up in a conversation. But sometimes I don't answer it because. I'm finally feeling okay, and I don't want even the fraction of the of that's the possibility that, that talking to you is going to bring me down. See, that's a terrible reason. But it's, it's then, true because then you're assuming that whatever conversation you have would be depressing. Well, which mm, is very weird. It's not an <laughs> assumption. Again, it's the possibility, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's yeah. just that it's just that like sand. Okay, so I read somewhere that one tiny dust particle. And a motherboard will destroy the entire computer. Mm-hmm. Can. And to me, mm-hmm. like, that's the worry. Is like, I'm going to talk to this person. I finally feel okay. I'm going to talk to this person. There will be something that they say that will trigger a dust particle. It will get in my brain and fucking ruin my motherboard. That sucks. Um, and, uh, and so that's why I, I just don't want to risk it. Because I feel okay so rarely that I'm not going to risk it even as much as I love you. And as much as I want to talk to you, as much as I want to mm-hmm. catch up with you, as much as I want to know what's going on in your life, I'm not risking it. Either because I feel awful and don't want to feel worse, or I feel good and I don't want to feel bad. <laughs> and this right here, literally what you just described is, is now, it's I wouldn't say it's 100% the same, but I would say, generally speaking, this is also why we don't converse. Probably. Even I have that same thought. You do? Oh, I told you fucking today I was struggling with wanting to talk to you. Yeah, but I didn't know why. It was because I was in such... Not in, a, not in my darkest spots or anything, but I was in a dark place. And I don't... This is... <laughs> it's why it's such a pain in the ass to be so honest with people. Mm-hmm. Or to be honest with people. Or to try to be honest with people. Because... That place fucking sucks. Yeah. And nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, you don't want to drag somebody into your sunken place. You yeah. Know? Yes. Yes. Hundred yeah. percent. Yes. That. So, um, part of that is now part of that thing is I even talked about this before. Uh, I think it was the one we just recorded earlier. It was like sometimes I would stream just to be able to to get some sense of sanity with my friends, um, and I know that what I was offering as the person that's supposed to be the entertainer was not what they needed. Yeah. <laughs> but I needed a fucking that's connection. not why they were showing. Yeah. 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 So I think a part of that is even with us between us when we want to talk to each other we can't we can't just talk to each other. Yeah. Well, so, like cuz you were like do you want to chat and I was like yeah and then I was like but what if I can't make it a good conversation? <laughs> and then you were like you had already said okay so I was like he already said okay. And like I didn't know we that... both had conflicts today yeah. in our own minds of and why we And even knowing sure. that the last time we did this we ended up talking for 3 hours because we had such a good conversation. Mm-hmm. Like there's just we've had enough interactions with human beings to know that it doesn't always work out that what... way. That I can understand and agree with, but it's not just 
the interaction with human beings. It's our own mindset. It's where we're at in our own mind. Yeah. As like I said, is why it was such well, okay, a... Okay, but that's the thing. is like people always say, well, you should talk about it and you'll feel better. <laughs> yeah. I oh, have, I, I know that's I the word of this stupid... I have mistakenly followed that advice. That is literally the same thing as just be happy. It's nonsense. It's well, complete nonsense. Because it depends on who you're talking to. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. just talk to yeah. anybody. Yeah. Like I would be at... <laughs> that's why psychiatrists exist, people. Yeah, but even then, like, oh and, my god, and and my sister told me this was like a month ago. I don't know, but my I didn't even know this about until you told me recently. And it was either this earlier this year because we're still in the new year. But I think it was like a month ago, um, might have been a couple months ago. But I was talking to my sister about this similar stuff. We were talking about like, well, that's why we have psychiatrists because they're you know trained for it. They specifically go out of their way. It's what they want to do, and which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but even they kill themselves because they're depressed. And on top of their own depression, they're dealing with other people's depression. Mm-hmm. They literally kill themselves while yeah. they're supposed to be there helping the depressed people. Yeah. So this is not an easy thing. And when people tell you to just go talk about it, you slap that son of a bitch right in their stupid face. <laughs> All right? Because they're not specific about who you talk about it with, right? And and even if there is somebody to talk to, you, it's not a magical moment where you can just literally just talk to somebody like they say. It's the same thing with when... It's why I said like when I see people being like, here's a suicide hotline if you're feeling depressed i'm like you fucking idiot like it's not if you're feeling depressed <laughs> if it's feel it's if it's, you're feeling suicidal yeah like it, well, i mean literally that's the same thing their to me. whole <laughs> job is to let you say the things that you're that you're too afraid to say to your family because you don't want to hurt their feelings mm. like it's the, all the reasons that you want to die you don't want to say that because there are people in your life who are invested in you being alive and so you don't want to say this is why i'm not that's actually you know what that makes me think of we just talked about this and I, I was like dude i didn't want to upload our previous episode i haven't done it yet you know <laughs> we just recorded it but at the end i got re- i turned into a whiny bitch and i didn't mean to you, you weren't know, and i wasn't trying to be ungrateful or anything but what you just said is is kind of like that too where like i'm trying to just share my thoughts and, and feelings on on a certain topic and i'm not trying to offend somebody yeah right you know but who the fuck do i, I I, like and you know what's funny about that is interesting because I uh, popular streamers YouTubers whatever will tell you don't tell your audience what you really think <laughs> and I'm just like these are the only people I want to tell who what I really <laughs> think like what the fuck are you talking so I get it because I do understand it uh-huh. like I do it's the same thing what we have here like what we're talking about this whole like there's you can't just go to anybody and tell them you want to kill yourself <laughs> <laughs> Most people act alarmed when you do that. <laughs> that was my Seems favorite. Like a pretty normal response. My favorite thing about working at uh, comedy unless club unless people feel the same way, and then they're just like, "Yeah." Mm-hmm. Was that like you could literally say that, and eighty percent of people would be like, "Yeah, me too," or "Ha ha ha," and then yeah. the other twenty percent would be like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" <laughs> I was like, I can get that from anybody. You're that's, supposed to be a comedian. That's that is so funny to me, and I, that's also because of that kind of um, community comedians. Mm-hmm. A lot of one of the most biggest reasons that people become comedians is because they're unhappy. Well, and they want to make other people happy. That's part of it. Definitely, that's, it's one of the major ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you learn that you're good at making people happy, and you making other people happy makes you happy. Yeah. yeah. But you don't figure out how to make yourself it happy. It doesn't take away yeah. your 
Yeah, but yeah. it does help for sure. It, it's a distra- it's more it's kind of like a distraction more than than a I solution. Mean, I mean, I definitely got okay. So what my intention when I started doing stand up was not to make other people happy. <laughs> it was for me to be able to say all the shit I wasn't allowed to say. Mm. Like I'm suicidal. I miss my dead mom. <laughs> I don't care that I'm fat. Get over it. <laughs> like all these things that were would be impolite to say to like regular people. And that's why you're not a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Not a comedian because of the um the, the stage agoraphobia and stuff. But um but the but being able to say that was like I can get away with saying whatever I want as long as I make it funny. Mm-hmm. So I can talk about what really matters to me in this specific setting. And what it did was it made me realize if I can say this on stage, I can say this in real life, which is backwards, I think, from how most people operate. But I was like, if yeah, if I can say this in front of a bunch of people I don't know, I can say it to my friends. You know, I can express myself. And so I started being able to express myself more off stage. I could say the darker thoughts. I could say the bigger worries. That's so... Because I remember I was telling you this before, which is very interesting, because you have a different approach and experience through that yourself because i remember when i was young i told you this before many times like when i started telling people the truth and being honest i pushed them away because mm-hmm. i and and i don't blame them because at the same time that's how i see it that's my perspective they might not see it the way and i wouldn't be surprised if they didn't see it the same way mm-hmm. that's just i can remember that i can remember back to when i started telling people the truth constantly mm-hmm. which was basically only that i wanted to die and everything sucked mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't help, but I, because I got past the point, I was so sick and tired of faking happiness, faking, pretty pretty much just faking happiness. Um, and I just started telling the truth. And yeah, and they, at first it was fine, but it didn't bother them, right? But it, when you tell somebody, when that's the only answer you had, and the only <laughs> thing you ever have to say. Yeah. It's just like, dude, I can't, there's, I can't fix it. I can't help you. I'm sorry, but um, what the fuck, you know, like, shut up already. <laughs> but you don't, like, you don't say it to be fixed. You say it because you're, you're just being polite and answering the question they ask pretty, you. Pretty, kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, but... So if you want to make it about you fixing me, then that's about you. That's not about me. Hmm. No, like, that I can understand too. But no, I mean, I just can't blame people for when that's all you ever have to say. So again, like to, it's, to separate, it's about who you say it to. Because, yeah, yeah. like I said, yeah. I had an environment where I could say that, mm. and people would just be fine with it. Most people, not not mm. everybody. Yeah. You also had to be careful but, about the staff. Like you can't say it to the servers mm. because uh, then they get concerned. But you say it to another comedian, <laughs> comedian and like yeah. I totally get. It. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah. So no, um, we did have more, but I think we can save it. For next time? No, since... I'm not done. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were. Didn't we finish with Madeline? No. Oh, you shit. You keep interrupting me. I, okay. <laughs> well, that's because everything kind of, you know, I'm, my bad. Okay, let's go, Madeline. Okay, Madeline. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I just think our personalities aren't suited to friendship. And then also where we are in our lives, right? Because she's still in a place where she needs constant validation. And, like, to the point where we'd be hanging out. Oh, did I tell you this already? No, but you know what I just remembered? She worked on a suicide hotline. She does, yeah. Isn't that fucking hilarious? Okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> Dude. Come on. <laughs> I remember when she 
for my sister first told me that I was like her. You can't be serious. She trying to talk them into it. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! I was like, no way, because she to me, I'm just like, there's no way she could properly handle. Like I kind that. of had that same reaction because I was suicidal for much of our friendship. All right, so go ahead. I'm sorry, just but. <laughs> But I think she learned a lot at that job, first of all. But also they train you yeah. to what to say. And she said, I learned on this job, well, just in the training, you have to sit with people in their silence and not try to fix it. Mm-hmm. And then she found herself still trying to fix people's problems and then getting you in trouble to. at work. Yeah. I mean, even we all want to help people and yeah. stay people. Like, you I know. also think there should be different kinds of suicide hotlines for what mood you're in. Sometimes you want it. That actually makes sense. Sometimes you want somebody <laughs> to tell you what to do. Sometimes you want somebody to sit with you. I would never darkness. call any of them, but that makes sense. <laughs> Sometimes you just want somebody to pretend to be Steve because so, you're really mad at Steve. You want to do a little bit of role play and say, Steve, this is how I feel. <laughs> but there's not... <laughs> Their whole job is to get to you, um, let you say your darkest thoughts, get to you to a place where now that you've said it out loud, maybe it's not. I always think about it like this, like a bad thought in your body is a big thing in a small space. But when you let it out into the world, it's a small thing in a big space mm. because the world is very large. <laughs> it's full of lots of bodies mm-hmm. and there's all this empty space besides those bodies, right? There's large large parts of the earth that nobody's ever been to it's a big world so when you let out a bad thought you're letting it out into a big world it doesn't feel as big when you let it out than when you keep it in and so um so that's how i think about it but but anyway back to madeline so (laughs) working in the suicide hotline at first when she told me i was kind of horrified but she learned (laughs) but she learned really quickly and then she even talked to me later she was like i realized that when we were like after your mom really first died, you were in crisis, <laughs> and I wanted to be like, "Bitch, I've been in crisis this whole time. I'm still in crisis." <laughs> but uh, but I was like, "Yeah," oh but he gosh. didn't realize. And she was like, "And yeah. I was saying to you, like, just feel better." Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah." And she's like, "That's not what I should have said. I should have just <laughs> let you. I should have sat in the darkness with you." I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Um, so I'm glad that she's learning that now, but it was frustrating at the time. Mm. But the point is just that, like, we'll we'll be hanging out and she'll be like, just out of nowhere, we'll just be hanging out. And she'll just be like, give me three compliments right now. And I was like, she's like, three compliments and three criticisms. And I'm just like, oh God, how can I make the criticisms as gentle as possible so we don't have to keep talking about it forever? See, now this is how she is, but if it was me... <laughs> You're a psycho bitch. That's number one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be straight with you, man. I will be straight with you. This is, and this is why this is a part of what we've talked about many times. And I'll tell people, like, when I tell something to my friends that will offend them, it's because I trust our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that can be very problematic. So. <laughs> um, well, I've never been an honest person in terms of, like, being able to criticize people. Even now, I still have a hard time, but I am better at it. Like, especially if somebody asks me directly, then I can be like, yeah, there's kind of a problem. <laughs> but it, it's hard for me. I, I'm bad at confrontation. I would rather find people that I have no conflict with or very little conflict with than somebody that I have to have those kind of hard conversations mm-hmm. with. And she's the opposite. She wants the conversation to be as hard as possible, which is good. It's a tribute to it's her. It's funny but... because that makes it just from that small description, it makes it 
makes me think we'd be very compatible. What <laughs> <laughs> you and her or me yeah, and you? Yeah, no, me and her, yeah. But I, dude, she's a nut job, man. She's really not. She's really just like an insecure girl hmm. trying to figure out how to be the best person she can. But the problem is just that I'm not, I think that the issue was when we first met, I was, I had made rules about like not being agoraphobic anymore. I was like, I'm not going to be agoraphobic anymore. Here are my rules. Somebody asked me to hang out. I have to say yes, even if I don't oh, want you to. Bastard, you were so dumb. If anybody <laughs> asks for help, I'm gonna say yes. You know, um, if I can do it, obviously. This like, was you're trying fun. to solve and or help yourself. Yeah, and like yeah. if I'm if somebody hurts my feelings because I was very overly sensitive. If somebody hurts my feelings, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt. If I can see where they're coming from, I have to forgive them. Mm. Those were my rules. Those are good rules. Yeah, but the problem is like. When I started hanging out with her, she needed so much help because she was very new to the country. She didn't really speak English. So then she went back to school for some reason, like barely knowing English. And she didn't want to take the ESL classes first, but she did. And that helped a little bit. Mm -hmm. But then I helped her first through her first like couple of semesters of uh, of school. And, um, and then I was like, I was at the point where she had asked for so much help and I was going to school and working and like trying to figure out how to grieve and all that kind of stuff. So I was finally like this semester, this next semester, you need to find, you need to be able to go to the school, like tutors or whatever, <laughs> like stop. You have to come, stop coming mm. to me. I literally can't help you anymore. And that was when we stopped being friends as much. Mm. And then we had a big fight and then <laughs> I called her a bitch. And hung up, hung up on her. And then she called back. And then she was like, I love you. And I was like, I love you too. And we both started crying. And then every time we've had a conversation since then, she's brought up that conversation. She's like, if I never called you oh back, we gosh. wouldn't be friends. And I'm just like, yeah. You've told me that before. What a fucking That's pretty stupid. Be. <laughs> what a really... Why did I... <laughs> Why did I answer the phone the second time? You know it's funny because no, I, I'm joking. Like yeah. she's she's been a really good friend. It's mm -hmm. just that our personalities aren't suited for each other. You know, and the way you approach. I think it's less about personality, just the way you approach things and the way you experience life. Yeah, and like she really does want to be a good person. Yeah. She really does want to help mm -hmm. people, but it's also because she's trying to earn worth in the world. Hmm. she's trying to earn value and she doesn't that understand sense. that she already has it like oh. it's inherent you can't earn it you can't get more it's not like money you 13 can't... days <laughs> that's what she's trying to <laughs> <laughs> nine days oh was it nine nine days somebody else had 13 days then uh somebody had 13 days the meryl streep had three days she only had three days because she was so good that's what we're referring to real quick check out a movie called defending your life yeah with albert brooks and it's meryl a great streep. movie yeah okay uh so <laughs> nine days uh so um just that chef's smile is so sweet when he says it nine days <laughs> okay but she was you were you were just having a tough time telling her that she couldn't come to you anymore yeah so anyway so at a certain point she was just she got frustrated and then we had a fight and then we stopped being friends and then we started being that friends was on again. and off a lot throughout your entire that friendship. was the only time that like we really more had serious. a huge fight and i was like okay we're not friends anymore that was actually <laughs> after i started hanging out with flappers and i found people much easier mm -hmm. to be around mm -hmm. and i was like because this is the mind fuck when you only have one friend and that friend needs constant validation you think oh having friends is exhausting that might have been i mean i don't know you might have been her only English speaking friend. No. Um, oh, so okay. here's the thing about Madeline. She makes friends really easy. Okay. 
but she loses them very easy too because she's... her expectations are so high it's so because that's what my problem was because i the, i could tell there were things about her i liked mm-hmm. like a lot she seemed really cool but then the way she acted most of the time was just like I, the only thing i could think of is psycho bitch <laughs> Like, I want to put it nicely. It's just such an easier way to put it without having to explain in detail, like, you know, all the things, <laughs> you know, because I don't hate her. I really yeah. don't. But I also, in a way, can't stand her. <laughs> she And he's, here's the thing, too. She, and I barely know her. But she's gotten a lot better. Like, when I first met her, she believed every stereotype mm. about every, like, race. Which you... I and mean, she doesn't anymore. After what we've experienced and even... Here's the thing, I can understand that because, and it sucks, but as an American and what we've been trained to be our mm-hmm. whole lives and in 2020, like I've always recognized racism being a, a normal part of our life, but I did not know how it was still so deeply systemic. Yeah. I did not know. Now I knew there was a part of it. Like I I knew that, of course, yes, it has always been obvious to me that, that police will treat black people differently, but I did not know exactly how deep it has been and how... It has never ended. Yeah, and we talked about, I think it was in the last episode too, where if you weren't taught the real history in like elementary school through high school, you're taught the lies, and then in college they teach you the truth. So in college... If you take that class. It was when she mm-hmm. got to college. You have to. Oh, it's okay. like part of the requirements. Okay. It's like social studies <laughs> or history or whatever. <laughs> okay. Um. So she took... she So she started out like really racist, and, um, and then she took these classes, and I remember... Her coming to me and being like, did you know blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, yeah, I've been trying to tell you that for years. <laughs> you know what's weird to me about that is now it sucks because... Oh, God. It's so funny how we always end up in conversations like this. Um, but... I can never... I've said this before many times. I, I could never understand racism or sexism. Yeah, They make no damn sense. So here's the thing about racism and sexism is the appeal is because life is hard and we as human beings crave definitive, concrete answers. And so if if you're what is, saying... What is... So if you're saying... You're a child, right? You're saying, life is hard. Why did I lose out on this? And this other person got it. And they say, well, that person's black. And so they get a special treatment because everybody's trying to affirmative action, whatever. Oh, you know... I was going to say, because I, 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 I never have never felt that way, but I do remember, and I still, in a small, very small way, think that whole, um, you have to pick some, have to hire someone because of their race. I think as a law, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. I think it makes, it only makes sense in the fine print because in case someone has to sue over it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I think of it is if you're hiring somebody, race shouldn't even be a factor. It shouldn't, but like it, it shouldn't was. even be on the sheet. So it's kind no, of like still, it still is. But it's kind of like yeah. Black Lives Matter versus All Lives Matter, yeah, yeah. which is because people are being discarded as possibilities due to their race. Yeah. We have to add them back in. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So that's no, what, so that's what I mean yeah. though. That's what what I mean is yeah. that's why when I first heard about that, like it's affirmative action, right? Uh-huh. When I first heard about that, I was like, that's kind of stupid. Like, why is that even a requirement? And it's <laughs> mostly because for me is naturally does not make sense for that to be needed in the first freaking place. Yeah. 
Um, you know, so that's why the the world is just so maddening and, and, yeah. and insane to me. But again, it's so. about how you're raised and it's about, it's about whether you're willing to accept that there are a lot of gray areas in life or if you want to be a black and white thinker. I'm, you know, what's funny that you say, I'm a very black and white thinker. I know you are. I am. You're a racist. You're an idiot. <laughs> straight up. I don't care. <laughs> there's not a lot of nuance in you you're, but sexist, there's, you're an idiot <laughs> but there's no um malice either and so if you were ever told the reason for your unhappiness is this group of people first of all you're like no it's because i'm a giant piece of shit and deserve to be unhappy but secondly you're not gonna hate other people an entire group of other people just because you're told to oh yeah no, because you're true. contrarian and most people are conformists and okay so here's the thing it's so funny because we use these labels and i and i get that like the whole label thing does make sense to me we talked mm -hmm. about it in the previous episode like you know even time is a label mm -hmm. an apple is a label it's a me measurement we yeah. we name oh. this stuff yeah we yeah. name it we name everything yeah so it's nearly impossible it basically i mean i say nearly because i can i have an understanding sort of but basically, it's it's pretty much impossible for me to understand conforming. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, why would you do it's that? It's just not how you're wired. <laughs> yeah. You're just not wired that It's way. like, that doesn't make any sense to me. It, like sexism and racism. Like, you're it the doesn't one, make sense to me. You're the one that, if we were cave people, um, you'd be killed by the tiger first because you don't know how to work with people. <laughs> I would go live with the tiger. <laughs> Killed by the tiger. What the hell is wrong with you? I would go live with the tiger and All fry, right, Mowgli. <laughs> I prefer tigers to people. Pretty like, yeah, probably. I mean you your first thought is you'd go get killed by the tiger. I mean, I'd be friend the tiger, you know. Although well, yeah. the, so I'm not saying conformist is a bad thing. I'm saying that that's how we have survived as a a civil that's how we survive as civilization it shouldn't be though, we have a natural horrible. need to want to work with each other oh no that's not conformism though i in my yeah. Th yeah that to me that's not conforming that's just being a decent human being <laughs> yeah yeah i know when it comes too far it's conforming when it's you know when it's too far in the opposite direction it's contrary what a trip i yeah. hate this world i don't belong here so that's the thing about black and white <laughs> thinking is you're just like oh it's too difficult i don't want to think about it but you're still not a hateful no, it's, person no it's not it's i don't think that it's too difficult it's just that i it doesn't make sense i can't make sense of it to me it's not logical to look at somebody's color of their skin and be like ah you're my slave <laughs> okay so <laughs> or or i hate you because of your color of your skin like it this doesn't right. make sense but part of it is conditioning, right? We were not, no that I understand. Yes. We weren't conditioned to believe that way. We, you know. Okay, we, yeah, that I understand. Yeah. So when, especially when you're young, it's harder to fight that conditioning, and especially if you've never been exposed to the group of people that you're supposed to hate. Mm. If you've always been segregated, you or really you, don't think though, like at some point, if you were on your own, even let's say, for, and I'm just curious because let's say your family raised you to be a racist. Yeah. It's, it's just a part of it. They, it's not even like, like it just, as one example that they are not telling you to kill them. They're mm -hmm. just saying they're, you're better. We're than better them. than you. Yeah. yeah. Cause these are two different things. Uh -huh. Um, but, and let's say though, so your family's taught this to you for a long time. And then eventually one day you meet one <laughs> and you just chat Uh huh. and you like that person very much. Uh huh. 
wouldn't you naturally just realize you're not better than that person? I think that you realize it before you have that conversation with that person. But again, with people... Wanting... Well, I mean, if you hadn't, though, wouldn't you? Yeah. Okay, so no. What happens <laughs> is you make an exception. So like Seth, oh. Seth Meyers in that skit where he's like white women and my friend, and my friend yeah. you know? Like, that's what happens is you're like, oh, well, this one black person God, is the anomaly. Oh, my gosh. I'm so <laughs> glad we weren't raised like that, man. Because I can't imagine what it's like growing up like that. Because Sarah's super racist, but there are people that she works with who she likes them specifically. Yeah. Yes. And that's something that I could never understand. Yeah. I'm like, you you have... Because she really... Like, those specific people that are of other... You make exceptions. Yeah. If you want to... How can you be fine with that? You think this person's fine, but so, for some reason, all the others are bad? <laughs> what yeah, the hell offense does that make? It's the Good Samaritan Syndrome. It was so stupid. So I think Samarita was a place where only bad people lived, and it was probably like a racism thing back then. Um, mm. But this person found... Uh, they were on the road, and they needed help, and a good Samaritan helped no, them. One of the, one of the good ones. The only good one. <laughs> There's always one that can be good. Uh, so anyway, uh, back to Madeline. Okay. So um, so throughout the years of our, we've been friends for like ten years, mm. and she very close friends. Yeah, and then um, and then so I started hanging out at Flappers and realizing. There are people that I can be with who don't constantly need me to tell them how great they are mm. or like criticize, like fix them or criticize them or help them or whatever. Like they just are who they are and I am who I am and we can be in the same room together, period. <laughs> and it's fun. Yay. Um, and I should say, like, I never really had a friend before Madeline, like that we spent, that I spent a lot as of time much with. Time with yeah. And I was not an honest person with Madeline. So I don't blame her for mm. expecting me to be a certain way when I was putting my best foot forward when we met and presenting a version of myself that was that not complete. you wanted complete. to be. Yeah. yeah. It was not fake, but it wasn't complete. It was like, maybe like the ice, the top of the iceberg, mm. tip of the iceberg. <laughs> That's an actual <laughs> saying. Um, so it's like 10% of me there. 90% of me is pure fury. And then 10% of me wants people to be happy, you know? And so I show her, you know, the 10% and mm. then she didn't know about the other part. And even when I would tell her there's this whole other part under the water, she'd be like, no, but you're such a great person. And I'm like, I'm really not, you know? And, and I really like, I'm really not. And yes, you are. <laughs> I mean, 10% of me is that 10% is still good. And I try to suppress the 90. But, you know, and the thing, too, is that the more authentic I've learned to be, the more relaxed I've learned to be and just like be who I am, the the more that ratio has changed, mm -hmm. the more of the tip of the iceberg that's above the water, you know, like the difference has shrunk. Like I'm I feel like I'm more of a good person percentage wise but i don't feel like i have to pretend as much and so i don't mm. seem i don't have to smile at every person that i pass on the street i don't have to like say yes if somebody wants to hang out and i don't feel well, I like think it. A part of that is wanting to but i never wanted to i never wanted to that you was why i had to make the to rule be happy around people i was okay so i was more concerned with what their image of me was than genuinely wanting them to be happy or me to be happy it was more i was more concerned with okay so part of being codependent I mean, is I like i'm not okay if you're not okay <laughs> so if you don't seem okay i have to fix you and then i can be okay then i can relax because if you're not fucked up and angry then you're not going to hurt me 
But if you seem angry, I think you're going to take it out on it's very me. fucked up. Uh, I think, I mean, that sounds like a defense mechanism. Oh, that's definitely PTSD. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's what Dina taught me. Dina taught me. And by the way, I have update on her too. So uh, <laughs> we're going to have to do another episode, but not tonight because I'm getting tired. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So I was, I always had to make sure she was okay. That was the only time I could fucking relax was when she wasn't in a rage. So I grew up thinking that that was what everybody was like. And especially what happens when you isolate yourself is you're not meeting different kinds of people. All you have in your memory is the fucking asshole, you know? So, um, and just assuming that everybody's like that. I, when I went out and finally got a job when I was 27, I was like, why are most people chill? Like these people all seem chill. Nobody's yelled at me. Nobody's tried to <laughs> get me fired. Like what is up with these people? They all seem nice. Um, and it took me a while to like realize, oh, not everybody is my family, you know? <laughs> and I should, like, that's included. Like, <laughs> you know, like, cause it, I don't know. But anyway, the point is, um, Madeline always wanted me to be a better friend than I felt comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And I always knew that if I knew her long enough, she would realize that and then she would reject me. Mm. And so I just tried to avoid her because I just didn't want that to happen. Um, I just figured, like, when we first started hanging out, I just figured she'd get bored and, like, be done with me. <laughs> and that didn't happen for 10 years. So um, so she finally, like, messaged me one day. Um, and I had just been sleeping all day. So she messaged me, like, in the morning. I hope you have a good day. And then I, w- I woke up at like four o'clock in the afternoon and she was like, it just seems like you're not interested in having a friendship with me, a two-way friendship, she said. So I wrote, her back. Like I wrote her back and I was like, <clears throat> I was like, uh, it was very formal. I was like, I understand that you've heard this all before, but I've been struggling with the depression and anxiety and I don't feel good to talk to anybody. And I'm sorry that you take this personally. If you need to find a friend that you feel like is more reciprocal, a friendship that is more reciprocal, I understand, etc. Like, uh, it was very short, but that that's what I said. And then I didn't hear from her after that. Mm. And haven't heard from her after that. Probably won't ever hear from her again. Mm. Well, I, I, I didn't even, I don't think you told me that part. I think it's cool that you explained yourself to her. <laughs> I mean, I tried. And I tried when I was at, when I was struggling at um, Age of Learning. I was stro- I was struggling so hard. And I was just like... I, I emailed her and I was like, if you're going to be talking to people who are severely depressed, I need to describe to you what it's like. <laughs> it's like swimming in the ocean and you're surrounded by all these sharks who are constantly biting you and trying to trying to bite you. We're all humanity. We're all in the same ocean. Mm-hmm. Every single one of us is in the same ocean. We have all the same sharks trying to bite us. We're all trying to stay safe and nurse our bleeding limbs and shit. <laughs> um, but some of us under the water have balls and chains Hmm. we have anchors attached to us by chains and so even though from the top it looks like we're all doggy paddling the same and trying to survive the same but some people are just swimming freely and they're just going faster and you look at them and you're like oh well they just must be naturally faster no they don't have (laughs) fucking chains tied to an anchor around their fucking ankles but it looks like they're just happier Mm because she had told me some people just don't want to be happy and just I like hate that oh god it's it's it, that's that's the same thing as just be happy yeah some people don't want to be happy some people oh uh i don't mean to interrupt it's just trying to remind me there was a the one person i think i remember telling you about this it was like a couple of years ago probably but i forget exactly the full conversation there was a few responses between me and somebody else talking about depression 
And she and then their answer was like, some people just don't want to be helped. Yeah. And I was like, who doesn't want to be helped? And I and this was a person that said they knew what it was like. Ugh. And I was like, if you knew what it was like, you would not have said that shit. Yeah. It's the same thing when people say just be happy. I was like, if, if you know what it's like, you wouldn't fucking say that. People say that happiness is a choice. <laughs> you wouldn't say that if you knew what it was like. You just wouldn't say it. And it's people, so stupid. People who say that don't understand that. Uh, I mean, I believe that happiness is a choice when sometimes, and then there are other times when your brain takes over and decides that there has never been any such thing as happiness. Like there it's, it's quite possible will to never change be. your mental state. It's possible. It's, but it's such a small, tiny. Here's the thing. There's times when you can, right? Yeah, yeah. You can get yourself out of a funk. You can go from being in a bad mood to being in a good mood, and you learn. The tools oh, of that. Shit. Your skittles fall over. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you learn the tools of those. And then if you're a nice person, you share those tools with other people. And they're like, oh, hey, that was so helpful. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then they use those tools. And even though they get uh, situationally depressed when something bad happens to them, um, and they use those tools to get themselves to feel better, uh, that doesn't always help somebody with clinical depression. If you have a chemical in your brain that just kicks into gear and decides that nothing will ever be okay again, um, then then that's just something you have to endure until that chemical runs its course and then you can be okay again, you know? And I think that the, the, the testament to your strength is how many times you can survive that chemical. And my friend Peter Marr, um, after I think it was after Robin Williams died, said, um, that you win every battle except for the last one. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's and, good. I mean, that, that is something that always I always keep in mind is like, yeah, there's going to be more battles. There's, But I've won every one of them so far. Um, I, I'm just curious because this is uh, this specific thing as far as the chemicals and stuff. We've, we've, we will always talk about depression. It's always going to come up no matter mm -hmm. what. Right, it just it just is. Um, oh, for me, it's chemicals. Maybe for you, it's demons. I don't know. I that's what I was curious. So I would love to save that for another time. Uh -huh. um, I'm curious, were you were we done with Madeline still? Almost. Okay. So uh, I thought I thought there might be a little more. So here's the thing about like having only one friend for ten years, basically, right? And it's not like I didn't have other friends or friendly acquaintances. She was or, the main. She was most my main like friend. social circle. <laughs> she was my my social. Um, corner <laughs> my social dot uh so um is when you have somebody who's with that particular personality and you don't have other people to compare them to so all i had was you and mom and like maybe a handful of other people right and i understood that like not every relationship is like this mm -hmm. but i also felt bad and wrong mm -hmm. when i couldn't reach out if I was feeling good, I didn't want to risk it. If I was feeling bad, I didn't want to spread it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. And then also there have been times when I've been in a bad mood and talked to her and ended up feeling worse. Like you tell somebody that I feel like shit, this is scary. I don't know what's going on. I don't know how to feel better. And they say, well, happiness is a choice. You just need, <laughs> some people just don't want to be happy. I want to slap them every day. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that doesn't make me feel better. Uh, so I'm not going to go to her for advice, right? I'm going to only want to talk to her when I feel okay, which is a very small window of time. And then do I want to waste that or do I want to ruin it if she happens to say something that's going to piss me off or hurt my feelings, you know? Um, so, so 
that's why it was hard for me to talk to her. But it's hard for me to talk to anybody. You know, Shuri's one of my favorite people. You know, you've heard me talk about I love Robin Shuri, a million times. And I barely know her. She's so great. Yeah. And so my favorite people, I still don't want to reach out to because I still have that, like, I don't want to ruin their day if they're having happen to be okay right now i don't want to ruin that and then also if i happen to be okay i don't want to ruin that you know like so i i just want them to be okay over there and i'll be <laughs> whatever i am over here like <laughs> i think it's narcissistic like that's like the clinical term for like that kind of thinking where you can just like not need social interaction like it's part of it is narcissism i'm not saying i'm a bad person i'm just saying that that's a narcissistic tendency to be like self-reliant well there's i i mean that's part of the wanting to label something when there's so much more to yeah. it than a general label yeah even. but i'm just trying to take the term narcissist back if i am one then i'm just <laughs> I'm gonna say i don't mean anything i don't mean any harm some of the times that I feel like the most suicidal mm. when I feel like I hurt somebody's feelings by accident. And that's one of the reasons I want to stay away from people because I don't want to hurt anybody on purpose yeah. or by accident. Yeah. So, um, okay. So the point is, <laughs> I was talking to, I finally talked to Robin um, after you and I recorded that podcast. And I, I said, I appreciate your patience with me and understanding mm. that I can't reach out. Like I saw that message on Facebook a few days ago and I just wasn't able to like even text you. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I totally get it. Mm -hmm. I totally get it. Yeah. And I was just like, so that's the mind fuck of like dealing with somebody who thinks that friendship means that you have to be in constant contact and you have to be for them through their rough times and be with them for the good times. And like, there are all these rules. Well, that, you know, that's what sucks. And we've talked about this before too, is, is, I did not know this. I did not know that it was even possible for people not to understand <laughs> what it's like to feel this way. Yeah. And Madeline might be one of those people, even though she she learned and she's told you she was learning yeah. stuff. But she, but when you don't, it's the it's same when you understand what someone tells you be, between and the difference between that and experiencing what someone tells you. Not just that, but she's always only experienced situational depression. So she yeah. finally experienced situational depression and like to an extreme that she had never felt before. Mm -hmm. And she was, fi she finally had some compassion and that's empathy. What I, I always, cause that's what it's so weird to me. Cause I'm always like, there's gotta be at least one time. <laughs> at least once somebody knew what it was like but you know it's if it, if it was only one time it would also be easier to forget you know yeah well because it wears off like yeah, that yeah. that humility wears off and the empathy wears off because it's only when you're reminded of how dark it can get that you you recognize that it gets that dark for other people too you always think you think i was in a really dark place and then i got myself out of it instead of understanding that that course of depression ran its course mm -hmm. like that it happened and it, it went away on its own. You didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like maybe you did you used some of your tools to try to get yourself, yeah. like shovel some of that dirt away from you. But the most of it was just that it ran its course. You felt well, shitty and then you felt better. I think. And you assume that you're the one who made you feel better. <laughs> and so you assume that if somebody else feels shitty, that they can make themselves feel better. And they're just choosing not to. I think, I mean, for me on that specific topic is, um, I remember when, for me, it's kind of a situational thing. When I was in my early 30s, I think, was when I started writing more. And I started not not writing in the first place because I had been writing for a while. But that was when I started really more leaning professionally writing. 
and uh, I was like, oh my gosh, now I have a purpose. And there was a little while, it was a short period where I kept thinking, man, am I, am I never going to, I, 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 I remember thinking something like, it was like, I'll, I'll, I don't think I'll ever feel that depression ever again. The one that I had, <laughs> it would, cause I, I, I was still depressed, mm -hmm. but I was not in that constant every second of every day, hating everything and mm -hmm. wishing I was dead. Um, this is a real thing, not exaggerated. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so there was a point where I was like, man, I'll, I don't think I'll ever feel that way again. And then it came back in the past year or two. And I was like, holy fuck, I did not remember just how bad this was. <laughs> um, because I remember, like, I remembered it was really dark. Yeah. I remembered that it was a constant thing. But I didn't remember exactly how it felt. And then it came back and it just, I was like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Like, damn. I know. I, I always find myself the most empathetic with other people right after a huge bout of depression. Like that's that's when I I like, find it during other times yeah. uh, that too but but sometimes it's just too overwhelming to think yeah, about how other yeah. people are feeling yeah. but then like right after when I when it lifts and I feel okay again then I'm like oh my god there are other people who just know exactly what that felt like and they're feeling it right now and then I feel so bad for them and I just hope that they hang in there until it lifts for them um, because it's it can be really bad but but when I haven't had that for a while i tend to be colder i tend to be less empathetic and i tend to be why can't you just be okay and so i get where madeline's, you're a bitch i know <laughs> i get where where madeline and people like that are coming from it's because i think that empathy comes from experiencing suffering whether it's and it's, i don't think that any of it is self-inflicted unless you're a sadomasochist or whatever you know but like I was so uh, uh, this is why I wanted to talk to you about Myra because I was talking mm -hmm. to Myra and and we were talking about like let's save her for next yeah time. were okay. you done with Madeline or I'm done with Madeline okay. and I think I'm done with Robin too I'm just oh one more thing about okay. Robin Robin's buying a house yes she that's right put in an offer and uh she uh got it accepted so that means as long as the house passes all the inspections all the tests and stuff yeah. all the closings and stuff as she gets the house in march cool yeah isn't that crazy that's really cool is it in the same city she was in yeah so it's in <clears throat> it's in the same city and so it's in the same city where her sister lives and her niece and nephew so i don't know how close it is to them but i imagine it's pretty close because she lives close to them right now where she's like 20 minutes away so um so yeah and it's three bedroom two bath we could both move in with her. <laughs> Tell her. That's not going to happen. Tell her. <laughs> Tell her, look, we're we're running out of money. <laughs> we will come and move in with you. It's not going to happen. Tell but, her. Uh, Ask her. Ask her be like, hey. She won't. She can't. Three she can't, bedrooms, man. She can't live with people. She can't well, do she it. she can. You know why? Because we're amazing people. It and, doesn't and, matter. And we I was leave with her, her alone. Again, I was with her for three weeks. And by the end of the second week... She was just, I could tell when she looked at me, it was like, just get out, just get out. And she like booked a ticket for me to come home and then realized that instead of it being like two days away, it was a week away. And then she was just like fucking done. So she just needs to like be by herself when she's at home. Why does she have a three bedroom freaking home then, man? Uh, one's going to be her craft room. And I think the other one is going to be. Uh, I think it's a sign. I think it's a sign. It's really not. We're running out of money. I think we would have a better chance of moving to Arizona and living with Myra. A better chance going homeless living with Myra. I think she would let us move in, honestly. Um, based on what she was saying to me when we were on the phone. No, I, 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 we'll, we'll finish this off. I, 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 um, 
it's it's interesting to me and funny because I love Sarah. Um, me too. So these are these are a few of our aunts: so Sarah, Myra, and Carlene. And Carlene, I barely know. Mm-hmm. In comparison to the other two, we barely know any of them. Don't mention Illy or anything. <laughs> no, what? No, I mean these are the three I've spent more time with personally. And on I mean, a, we lived with Illy for a year. Yeah, but, but that was that was like a. Um, it's not quite the same. She was working. She it's, was like yeah, working it, forty that, hours. She'd come home and make dinner. That was not the same. We weren't hanging out and yeah. chatting and stuff. Yeah. You know, we were. I was so young, and and it was basically a false motherhood. Or, you you know, a temporary taking care of someone, mm-hmm. but not. We weren't hanging out and chatting and shit. She's not you know. the warmest either. Not not just that. We it was a different connection. It was a different thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like Carlene, I've had small chats with and barely. Carlene's right? very. We've sweet. hung out with her. We've hung out with her yeah. family and. Um, and, and Myra too, and Sarah as well. So, no, we have a we have a big family. I'm not trying to ignore family. I'm just saying these are the closest ones that uh-huh. I that I can recognize, including Robert. Which, Ugh. yeah, I like, but but I know him more than I know all, most of the others as well. Fortunately, you know? um, <laughs> but uh, Carlene was really nice, and and it's weird to me because I I know Sarah a lot more than I know the others. But there's the the weird thing. It's I don't know what it is, but I like Myra and Carlene more. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I like Sarah a lot. I think the problem with oh, no, Sarah it's great. is she's just awkward. The difference between them is that Sarah is in the sunken place all the time. Oh, and Myra and Carlene visit there rarely. So when that you makes see, sense. When you see Sarah, she's just so full of like fury and fear that like it's hard I would to, not describe her that way but it's hard to get to the sweetness that's on the inside like she's a coconut, <laughs> coconut. no i really wish i could i could think of the specifics it's just the way i, I think of them it, it, it's weird to me yeah it's if weird, you can like... just get sarah to relax for five seconds she's perfectly lovely and this is one of the racist ones yeah one of the but again like that's... one of the my my friend <laughs> My friend is okay, but the rest of them. God, I hate this world so much. (laughs) But that's that's part of like what I was saying. I think we I said it in previous episode when you have a really generous and kind of loving spirit, and that sounds like a contradiction. But honestly, you have to find reasons to not be generous with certain people. And if you, um, if you decide an entire race of people or every other race beside yours isn't worth your time, then that saves you from having to spend your limited amount of kindness on people that aren't worth it. No, this is such a bad excuse, Crystal. It's not an excuse. That is an excuse. You stop it right there. I I just, I just (laughs) understand that that's, it's a very, it's a very limited um, kind of emotional availability. No, that look, I, that part I understand limited, um, Whatever you have to give is limited, but limiting it to a race. No, it (laughs) no. I'm just I'm not I'm not saying because I'm a limited. (laughs) Here's the thing. I understand it because I'm emotionally limited, too. The difference is that I was um, I was raised and educated in a different way than her. And so I learned very young that that's a bad way to determine somebody's value. And she was never taught that or she never learned it. And I understand why when you're like, I understand what it's like to live your life in panic mode for 
uh, decades. You know, I understand what that does to you. It limits you so much. I didn't hate anybody based on their race. I just hated everybody. <laughs> like, that's what I, that's really like when I was agoraphobic, I was just like the whole world, <laughs> the whole fucking world's out to get me, man. Well, like, that's, that's where I've been at for a while. Exactly. So you don't limit your scope of, of like your generosity and kindness. You just, or, or at least not to race, but you do limit it to the people that you know and love. But your parameters aren't race. You know, mm. it's just, do I already know you? Do I already love you? You know, everybody else can go fucking hang. Well, no, not like that. That would take us further, but um, no, it's it's a general anger and because because it's funny when I think of this when I'm when I say I want the world to die, I recognize that I mean literally everyone. Yeah, it doesn't matter how much I love you. <laughs> I because I know the like when I say it that way, realistically, it is literally the world. But then don't you start like making like exceptions? Oh, I'll meet them in the afterlife. <laughs> I don't need to make exceptions. We'll see each other in the next life. I don't care. So hopefully it'll be somewhere better. Although I tell you what, I, I, when I do think of this thing, I do think um, I would love to see you in the afterlife, but you'll probably be in a better place than I will. Which <laughs> <laughs> uh, circle or hell are you going to be in? So yeah, right? You. right? <laughs> yeah. Level one of hell. <laughs> Some days it feels like seven. <laughs> no, you know, that's why I, um, especially in the last year. So like I've, I've had similar thoughts, but the last year we confirmed it for me. This is hell. I was like, there's no way this isn't hell. This world that we live in right now, there's no way this isn't hell to me in my mind. I'm like, there's no freaking way. This is not hell. It may not be the worst hell <laughs> that I can recognize. I see beauty in this hell, this level <laughs> of hell, but this is definitely hell. It's almost like the beauty is a tease. <laughs> Or so a glimpse. A, yeah. It's just it's just enough to let you know what you don't have. <laughs> it's, it's a glimpse of something possibly better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and that's another. That's why. What kind of hell would it be if there wasn't a possibility you could escape? Because that's the real torture. If, I, hell, if hell was all you knew, then it would be normal. That's true. Yeah. But I actually don't agree with that. Because <laughs> I know I, that's kind of common, like... <sighs> what's the word uh like common uh wisdom or whatever it's like uh it's like you you have to understand what bad feels like before you can oh i hate that no it's it's um you know you know when it's bad you know when it's good you don't need anybody to point out the difference i mean that's actually one of the one of the discussions that come up too sometimes is um people be like you know they're no matter what you are taught at some point in your life, you will have that uh, that inner voice or whatever you want to call it, conscience or whatever. You will recognize when something is wrong. You will recognize it. Um, there's that, which I do believe. I, I've seen it. I've been through it, you know, whatever. And, there, and even if you can't fully recognize it, there's something there. If you don't know exactly what it is, like there's something there that you know is off. Um, Oh, crap. I had more to it because there's more to it than that. That's fun to talk yeah. about and get into. And... We should do it on another episode. Where are we? Mm -hmm. We're two hours again. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> I think get longer every damn time. Our next podcast will be five hours and crap. <laughs> if somebody would learn to edit, then they would be shorter. I know, right? You should really learn to edit. I should, but you I'm should not going to. You should be the professional editor. The who? 
and 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 if uh, wags or dark alchemy, wags, 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 <laughs> dark, 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 <laughs> <laughs> would like to get into trying to edit our podcast for us. <laughs> Is it dark more like suited for that? No, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's the one that actually requested it, so he should be no, our editor. No, I look, man, just, just, just. You know, take your time listening to them. That's all, man. That's the way I think of it. I'm like, you know what's yeah. great? If you if you want to listen, hey, man. Well, that's what I keep saying about Evan and Caitlin is they post those uncut gaming five things hours, for three, three hours. Five hours. I don't watch them all in yeah. one sitting. Sometimes yeah. I fall asleep and I go back and rewatch it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, see, and, and I kind of... It's funny because before we started today, I was... I, I think eventually there will be certain conversation. We might just sit here for half an hour. It might have yeah. a half hour episode or whatever, you know? So um, we've just we're catching up on some chats mm-hmm. and and in the past few we've done were pretty deep you know they're not like little simple quick conversations that we can have yeah i think also the better we get to know each other the more shorthand we'll have that's yeah we like the more topics we've discussed the 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 quicker the more, we get through it or the, whatever. the more we can just add our new thoughts as yeah. opposed to rehashing yes. the whole thing yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> What a trip, man. All right. Well, thank you for listening. I think that's it for tonight. So let me sing you our outro and Jeremy will join in on the harmonies. <laughs> I'll do a backup chorus. Thank you for poor listening poor to poor. the Poor Rikes. I'll have to figure that out. The Poor Rikes are called the Poor Rikes because they're poor. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Poor. poor. <laughs>